to What Are You Doing Movie Archives. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Down in Front. Our movie this week is Team America. Fuck yeah! It's obligatory. Guys, guys, where were you? I'm sorry. Where were you? Let's start over. Start again. In retrospect, I don't know what I was thinking. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Down in Front. Our movie this week is Team America. Fuck Fuck yeah! yeah. The extra long, uncensored, unrated version with so much poop on Puppet Face. Classic, classic. Oh, yeah. Classic And comedy. classy. Classy, yeah. Stay, stay classy, Trey Parker, Matt Stone. Go yeah, ahead and grab your DVD, your Blu-ray, your VHS, your beta tape, your cassette tape, your AM radio. Maybe not that. I'd be really surprised <laughs> if they had the, the uncensored Team America on AM I radio. I don't know if it's been released for AM radio. <laughs> Go ahead and pop it in, press play, and then press pause again when you see what will eventually be. Paramount Pictures Presents. You slide out from the inside of text. But it's way easier to say, stop. Right when the lens flare appears, than it is to say when the picture kind of fully comes into frame. Yeah. You might have pan and scan. We don't even know. There's not a person in the world going to know where this moment is. Okay. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm seeing right now in giant block letters, Couture. Yes. C-T-U-R. We'll okay, okay, okay. We'll see the logo, the Paramount logo. The and stars will fly it, away. The stars fly away, and then we start pulling out of... Through of the clouds. You go backwards this, through this, this thing. This text. And when this big lens flare pops onto screen, that's when you pause. We couldn't say when something fades to black because nothing does. It doesn't. There's there's a big lens flare on the R. It's got a rainbow. uh, uh, The the chroma. Chroma. Clearly read C T U R. (laughs) Go ahead and press pause. If you have, if you have, yeah, this is the widescreen version. If you have pan and scan, just stop. Just stop listening <laughs> to us. Stop watching it. movies. It's over. Because you know what? You obviously don't care. That's yeah. all I have to say. Yeah. So. You're not worthy of listening to Down in Front. All right. So once you get to the point where the lens flare pops on screen, go ahead and press pause. And in a second, I'll say three, two, one, unpause. I'll press play. You'll press play. We'll watch the movie together in perfect sync. And it'll be like any other commentary, except this week it will be friends in your head. Now at the table, or, well... It's not exactly a table. Uh, we don't is exactly it? have it. We're, we're, this is another down in front on the road at Dorkman's house today, and our table consists of boxes full of RVD2 DVDs. Which are still available which for still sale. Still available at RyanVersusDorkman.com. RyanVersusDorkman.com. Just uh, buy yourself one. It's an excellent value. I believe you get the score for free. Is that still free? Does that still happen? Making of commentary tracks. Email us and we'll make it happen. We'll work something out. There we go. Yeah, that's the down in front special. Yeah, there you go. Make a deal. Yeah, yeah. Make an offer. Add the, key, add the keyword to the subject header, which is, I listen to your show. And then go ahead and <laughs> That's the password. Get, get a fantastic deal on the damn For the thing. discount. At the uh, boxes of RVD2 today are Brian <laughs> William Fenifter. Hello. And Michael, a dorkman Scott. Hi, everybody. And Trey, the amazing puppeteer Stokes. I promise I will never die. <laughs> and this movie is... Uh, Michael Jackson said the same thing to me once. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep, yep. We all say it. It was you. This movie is um, the most recent, as of this recording, of Trey Parker's directed features with his partner, Matt Stone, uh, creators of the South Park series. Obviously, you know that. But it's also the first Trey Parker movie that I'm not a huge fan of. And I've seen Cannibal, Orgasmo. I saw Basketball. So I, I saw Basketball. <laughs> I like Basketball. And I love Basketball. It's, like really, basketball. it's one of my very favorite comedies that no one seems to like. But if we all like it, that makes us all cooler than everybody else. Or you're lying. Sure. Like, like we weren't already. But uh, Team America and South Park the movie is one of those all-time perfect movies, and I would make the case for that, like Fight Club or any other movie. But, yeah, I'd agree. But Team America is um, only funny to me in sentence form. We're going to do like a serious Michael Bay movie with puppets. Oh, that's funny. But then this movie doesn't crack me up as often as the 
any of the other films do. Brian, how do you feel about Team America? I love Team America a lot. I think it's... I, I'm going to put this out there. I think it's in the same league as Doctor Strangelove. Whoa! Um, not It's not as genius as that, <laughs> but I think it's... In the, in the type of satire it does, and in the quality of the satire, I think it's up there. It's a, I think it's in the same ballpark. Yeah? Yeah. Well, that's good. I, I, I think so. Well, all right. Well, you'll Dork probably Man, be asked you, to defend that How theory. do you feel about Team America? Um, I really like this movie. I, I think it's uh, very funny. I mean, it... it it's one of those movies that definitely kind of, uh, not necessarily struck me at the right time, but definitely landed at the right time where it's like, oh, look, this is what a lot of America seems to think of itself, and haha. Yeah, Dorkman so, as the resident Republican of Down in Front. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, Conservative guy that yeah. he is. But, um, uh, yeah, I think it's, I think it's funny. It's, it's, to, to me, it's kind of fascinating because it's like, it's coming in right around the time that all these really terrible spoof movies, the epic movie, although that was later, but, but you scary, know, movie. scary movie, date movie, blah, blah, blah. Those are all coming in, and they're, they're doing the same thing in a sense. Like, it's a lot of scatological humor. It's a lot of gross stuff, but it's like, that's not funny, and somehow the stuff that the South Park guys do is because so, it's not think, real satire. Yeah, it's, it's spoof. It's right, not satire. Right. It's, not even just, good, it's not even good spoof. Yeah, I, I, no. I, I could spin yarns about how Trey Parker's a genius and he makes everything brilliant, blah, blah, blah. But I'll save that for the South Park movie. Trey? Yeah. Well, we, can also, you, we can talk about the difference that will come up, I guess. The difference between you know, a spoof, which is a perfectly valid form of, of entertainment. Lampoonery. Exactly. Versus satire, which is what uh, the South Park guys always do. How do you feel about this movie? I, 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 I know uh, this is probably below you. I, I feel great about this movie um, every three months when the residual check comes. I, hmm. uh, well, although the residual checks are kind of small now. But uh, I worked on this movie. Uh, you actually get residuals off of it. I, was, I, screen, I was, I'm a member of FAG, baby. Screen Actors Guild. Uh, the gift the, that keeps... Keeps on keeps on giving. So, um, and I didn't work on it movie this movie as much as many friends of mine did. I was sort of came in about two thirds of the way through the production when some other people left the production. Um, but yeah, I'm, I worked on it. I was on these sets. It was, uh, it's the biggest marionette movie that will probably ever be made, and I'm glad I got to be in on it because of that. And and I enjoy it. And I'm I'm, I'm so happy they did it. It wasn't a big hit for the guys compared to some of their other movies, but uh, I'm glad they made it. And all the puppeteers in town are glad they made it. I hope that we get into when we get into the commentary and the meat of it the differences between the directorial styles of Jim Cameron and Trey <laughs> I, Parker. I, I can tell you. Trey Parker was an interesting fellow to work with. Anyway, so that being said, we're going to go ahead and get our mouse or remote ready to go and press play when as close to, you know, whatever. If you didn't get it exactly right, we don't blame you because this is the hardest sync point we've ever had. But as soon as the lens flare pops on, you should have pressed pause and we're going to press unpause or play here in a moment. Ready? Three, two, one, unpause. So right off the bat with the blocky, explodey text. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's just, it pretty much lets you know what kind of movie they're spoofing right from the get-go. Well, originally they were going to... Armageddon. They, they were going to do Armageddon, Armageddon. Or, or, or Day After Tomorrow was also discussed. I, I wonder, had that already come out at this point? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, oh, it screws with my interior timeline. My yeah, they, they wanted timeline. to... Parker and Stone's original, they, they say anyway, and not, that, not that I was there. It's interesting that, uh, by the way, the, the globe picture they chose wasn't centered on America. <laughs> I know. The pictures right? are. So, so here's there's this, the story behind this, this very opening, this, ex- this, elaborate, is, this is awesome. elaborate tracking shot. The story was that, uh, whether it's true or not, this is the first footage they showed to the studio. And so this, without ever telling them, 
beforehand what it was going to be. So when the studio saw this beginning, they were like, "Oh fuck, they fucked us!" Uh-huh. Because it's like this is their puppet movie. It's a cartoon, and a, you know, and then they realized that, "Oh wait, no, that's a puppet, and this is what the movie actually looks like." This is what they're spending. Their How money big on. is this goddamn? set? It's a huge set. It's it's it's, it's a fills a, a sizable soundstage. Um, and there's got to be. I mean, there's there's a, there's a person for the humans as much as there is for the butterfly. So there is. Just- there's there's, <laughs> there's puppeteers all over the damn place. Um, pretty much every puppeteer in town, but me is on this scene. Now, when you see puppets like this in the foreground this lady here i mean you can kind of tell from the way she's moving that she's a, a stick puppet that's operated from below um and often they're they're combinations if someone was going to be in the foreground then they would they would uh, you know be actually a rod puppet from from underneath but sometimes it would be a little of both we'd be manipulating style of puppet in terms of not not how it, what kind of a puppet it is but the design of the face and all that does that look like anything in particular or is that an amalgam of it's other? well it's it's more or less you know i mean if these were muppets it would, it would clearly be a jim henson thing right yeah well, these, are just, these are just guys this is got a very thunderbird it's very thunderbirds i mean clearly one of the things they're mocking here is thunderbirds the idea of thunderbirds and and a lot a lot of sort of the topic of what thunderbirds would often do because thunderbirds was about high-tech guys who would go around you know that kid's name saving the, the world Translated yeah. into English is John French. <laughs> John so the way they would do these... <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. And of course, the, the Arabs are always speaking in some bizarre, you know, pseudo-Arabic. Um, wow. Yeah, it's fun cool. stuff. So cool. that's... Yeah. A lot of this is... You know, it's, it's all in camera. There's very few... There's only a couple and literally a handful of visual effect shots with comping in terms of the effects. Sometimes they're doing a little, you know, hidden stuff. Like, they would actually remove wires a little bit from time to time but you know obviously like those shots before with the kids or were they rods no those are rods but okay. you know you do see the wires but also one of the things you know whenever we would prep for a scene they would they would we would they would tell you what what the scene was going to be and then you would cut every string off that you didn't need to manipulate the puppet to do that mm-hmm. because they didn't want to have you know a fully strung puppet has about 30 strings coming off of it and that's a little distracting but how many little controller what are the controller sticks called called uh controllers Okay, how many how many controllers do you need for a properly articulated walking guy puppet? It seems like you'd need more than what one person could hold. No, it's just one. It's it's they they're very standard marionette rigs unless they were doing something extremely special and complicated. Yeah, it's a uh, Oh yeah, you I, do. If we had if we had uh, if we had a controller here, I would demonstrate for you how you do it. But it's all about it's all about how it's strung and there's a fairly standard way that marionettes are strung, which is exactly the way that uh, it was done. Um, this is a beautiful moment one. by the way. I, yeah, this is the, I was this is the joke this. here. Of course, now the joke it's here is fantastic. The joke here is that we, you know, they could have done a real fight scene, but this is mm-hmm. a marionette fight scene, so it's supposed to look just as stupid as it does. But yeah, it's, it's not like, because they couldn't have done a fight scene; it's because this is the joke. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is how marionettes fight, apparently. <laughs> so how was, high off the ground are the guys that are controlling these puppets? They're, they're as high as they need to be for the camera. Um, so a lot of getting ready for a shot it was consisted of stringing the puppet exactly the length it needed to be because the longer the strings are the, the harder it is to control the puppet it swings more right yeah it swings around and you just you know it, 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 you just don't get as much control so so they would often adjust the length of the strings to camera and and sometimes they're 30 feet tall and sometimes they're only six feet tall as far as the strings and uh, a lot of the a lot of the um a lot of the work was done by they just had cranes. They had a lot, you know, there was about six condor cranes in the studio, and you would just fly the condor crane over whatever point, you know, you needed to work a puppet from, and a couple of puppeteers would be on the crane. Um, explosions, by the way, by our good friend Jovis Gozel. This is the movie where I, f- I actually met Jovis Gozel. Um, you know, he's he's doing all this stuff. Did, did people go? 
Death Star guy. The Death Star guy. Well, he, he you know, and someone pointed him out to me and said, "That's Jovis Gozol." Of course, I knew the name, and uh, I was I was very pleased when I was finally introduced to him. Uh, that uh, someone introduced me like, "This is the guy who made Pink Five. And Jovis Gozol said, "Oh, Pink Five! Oh, the Pink Five is awesome." Pink Five. Joe was a pink, no shit. Joe was a yeah. That's uh, and to this day when he sees me, he goes, "Hey, Pink Five because he doesn't ever remembers my actual name. <laughs> who needs to? That's but he's awesome. a, but he's a fan of Pink Five. So this so. This puppet is so Jonathan Frakes. <laughs> it is. It's Jonathan Frakes, and, and except for he, he's going to die in about now this, eight seconds. Now, this, uh, this movie was shot, uh, the cinematographer was Bill Pope, The Matrix. That's correct, and Spider-Man. Spider-Man. And, and uh, the, the story goes yep. that when he signed on to it, he read the script and he thought it was funny, but he did not understand that it was a puppet movie. <laughs> he, he, he thought it was a live action movie Fantastic. and he shows up and he's like oh, oh we're doing puppets I, yeah, okay I find it hard to believe he got all the way to the set before he found that out but I can believe that's, that he didn't realize yeah, it until then it there was a, probably a couple of jokes he didn't get in the script when he didn't realize they were puppets yeah. they're puppet jokes but uh, oh, puppet, but squibs. puppet squib he, he shot it very much like he would a seri- like that's the thing other than the fact that it's puppets little croissants on the, on the street there yeah <laughs> <laughs> the street pavings are. Croissants. Other than the fact that it's puppets, I mean, I mean, this is very much the case in all of um, uh, the stuff that the South Park guys do. They're taking it very seriously. Like, yeah. This is how you would make this movie if it were real people. Exactly, and, and and it's how you would make this movie if this movie wasn't a satire. Right. You know, it's yeah. like this this movie if you took out the. If you, you took out the puppets, it would practically be. Or if you first t- point, which is how do you define a satire? A satire mm. is when you mock something to make a point about it. A spoof is when you just mock something to make a joke. So, so you know, like uh, what the South Park guys do invariably is satire. Every episode of South Park is satirizing something. Mm-hmm. Um, South Park, the movie, is satirizing something. This satirizes something. Motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that. As a Kyoto, yeah. I like that. Yeah, the Kyoto, well, the Kyoto brothers, of course, were the people who built the puppets and were in charge of the puppets. Not to be confused with the indie band, the Kyotos. Everyone go die. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> I, I get yeah. it. Because it's... It's like rent, but it's lease. And everyone has. This eight. was hysterical. Honestly, I'm not in this number. I'm not in this number, but I was there when they were shooting this, and this was just fun, just to watch them do it because they were just <laughs> doing these ridiculous puppet choreographies and so on. Now there is. Um, I got called in again toward the end of production, so so a lot of the scenes I'm not in, and then there'll be a scene that I, I'm fairly strongly featured in. We haven't come to one yet, but there is a moment coming up because this audience scene was one of the last things shot, and I was around. Um, there's a scene at the end, at the end of this number, when the puppets clap. And, and up until then, in other scenes that they'd already shot, the puppets clap in standard Kermit the Frog, you know, scissors, clap, bang, 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 where they, they smack their palms together horizontally. And Trey Parker was tired of seeing puppets clap like that. So, so I invented a rig which consisted of rubber bands and a couple of special strings where puppets could clap up and down. Um, and we actually, actually built a puppet that did that. I showed it to him, and he was like, yeah, great, so make a bunch of those. And so about half the puppets are with my special up-and-down clap rig. So when you see the audience burst into applause at the end, you'll see some are doing the side-by-side barbecue. And you were gypped for the technical Oscar that year. I was. I was totally beat out for a technical Oscar. But it was, you know, because the puppets existed. All these puppets, are, there you go. See, they're up-and-down, side-side, up-and-down. Up-and-down is me, baby. I invented that technology. Because we couldn't build, we couldn't actually build puppets. The puppets all existed. They would swap heads and swap costumes. It's not like you you could build a custom puppet for anything. You know, they, they needed it the next day. So I was like, okay, here's a thing I did with three rubber bands, and you pull the string, and it makes them clap up and down. So that was one the of the lead big... guy here. Looks oh. like Casper Van Dien. Go. <laughs> it does. It, it simply that guy does. looks like Casper Van Dien. <laughs> yeah, and the guy on the right looks like a re- recycled Sean Penn puppet. <laughs> they both look like recycled <laughs> Sean Penn puppets, actually. <laughs> 
So this is very Thunderbirds in terms of the plot, in terms of, you know, the Wasn't, the wasn't that also an option? They wanted to do Thunderbirds? And I they said, know, no, I we're already doing a live action Yeah, one. I know. I think, and they're like, how stupid is that? I know. That, well, that was one of the things that was that was a concern. Was that, they, yeah, did, they they ever ever, up, did they ever end up Oh, yeah. With yeah. Ben Kingsley. Oh, yeah. It came out. It was a huge bomb. I don't know. Jonathan Frakes. Directed by Jonathan Frakes. Riker from Star Trek. I don't know why people still respect Ben Kingsley. It's a, he keeps doing he he's going to be he's turning into Michael Caine yeah he'll be he'll do it he'll be anything I love these voice actors it was Spotswood is a great voice actor and and other than Spotswood the master double major in theater and world languages perfect that's beautiful as if you top gun actor (laughs) weren't those your majors very close to yeah as if you can't tell a large portion of the voices are Trey Parker and Matt Stone no yes they really are in a Trey Parker Matt Stone movie another puppet joke about him exiting you know (laughs) and it's hard because you know these are about the best marionette artists in the world and I you know I'm I'm you're telling him and you're saying no do it that's not nearly bad enough the way you're making them walk so because you can certainly see how they make them walk when they're trying (laughs) now here's a joke here's something that was dropped out this this chauffeur here there was a whole subplot where that chauffeur is uh, it's not Lisa Lisa's the blonde character it's the other one that that chauffeur was was that other girl? And for whatever reason, at the end, it was going to be revealed that the chauffeur was always that that dark-haired girl who's also on the team. And then they just never did it because, I, you know, they just dropped it. So that puppet is that is the girl puppet, and it always was because that was going to be the reveal. But then they then they never used it. By the way, there will be language in this movie. Did we mention yeah. that? But you're not listening to that. Yeah, yeah, it's right. But he did say, fuck your mouth just then. Yeah. Were these puppets even designed to be beautifully articulated and puppeteered? And, and, and yeah. Like, you know, John Malkovich, like, oh, that's amazing looking. And then they just didn't do that? Or are they designed to be stiff and crappy? Thank you. Um, this is about the best puppetry I've ever seen in a motion picture. But uh, <laughs> this, is, this is about as good as marionette te- technology can be. In terms of, unless you want to, like, make every, every shot a polished jewel that takes all day. I mean, if you want to have a movie that you finish in a certain amount of time. But this is, uh, this is the best marionette artisan in the country doing the best job they can. So, thanks. <laughs> no offense. Yeah. I think it looks good. I'm all going to cry in the Well, I mean, we, just, we were just talking about the guys like, moonwalking out of the room. And that was done deliberately as a joke. That's yeah. bad puppetry done Well, that's what he was asking. And my question is, was, was it designed yeah. to be badly puppeteered? Or no, it was... Or be good puppets that were just like, can you do it badly, but I want to do it well. I can do... It, they can... They can I, my, I posit that 99% of this movie is good puppetry, except when they're obviously doing bad puppetry to do bad puppetry. So Which only, is occasional. Like yeah. the, there's, uh, well, we'll get to it later. You know, we've had two bad puppetry jokes already in the yeah. movie, and we're only ten minutes in. Um, this is called valmorphinizing. Val- valmorphinizing. I don't know why. It's just it a, it's a word they just made up. To, it's beautiful. To, you know, it's, it's very Thunderbirds <laughs> to have that kind of a name. Um, now, again, again, there's virtually no. I can. I think there's maybe that I can think of two visual, what we'd call visual effect shots in this movie. Even in terms of compositing, most everything is actually in camera. There's very few shots that aren't in camera. And why not? Exactly. It, it, it was just intended to be done that way. I love this line because out of nowhere. Then you haven't seen anything. So these were these were again these you can see these are rod puppets because they you know, they have the, that precision of control to them, so they're being controlled from below. Then even the marionettes though had had um, uh, RC. They were full of batteries and RC servos, so they, their faces could still emote. So you see them still blinking and moving their eyes back and forth, and that's RC. So, so an average puppet is there's one person doing the puppet, but there'll be another person with a radio controller off camera who's doing the facial expressions. Are these and so puppets on. in particular like larger scale? Because they're getting in a lot closer than they do. No, they're exactly the same scale. I mean, they're about you know standing up. They're maybe fourteen, sixteen inches tall, head to toe. 
Oh, that's really small. Yeah, they're, they're, they're what's that? That's about yeah, yeah, about fourteen. So inches, obviously, yeah. any movie is storyboarded, and obviously, a movie like this has to be storyboarded more uh, comprehensively than yeah. a live action. Um, this is another this, awesome set too. <laughs> it's really yeah, adorable. Anyway, go ahead. Set. Is, how much, if any, room is there for experimenting on set just in the moments of like, hey, I have a great idea. Let's just put the camera over here real quick. Is there any ability to do that? Or? Not not a lot, and, and less than the directors would have liked. <laughs> Maverick Renegade. Yes. The, I love it. The, 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 that was something that... It reminds me of the 2008 elections. You know, Teague's not alone because the directors also enjoyed in the press slamming puppets and puppeteers, too, because the, you know, they said uh, that... It, and, I, and, of course, as a puppeteer, I go, well, that's because you didn't know what you were doing when you got into this movie. But they, they, they didn't realize, and it's fair, that's not, not their field, but they didn't realize that when you say, okay, in this scene, the puppet walks across the room, picks up a cup of coffee and drinks it, you go, okay, I'll be back in 45 minutes to a day after I've rigged the puppet to do that because their hands don't actually do things you know so so they were they were disappointed early on that the puppets weren't nearly as flexible as they'd hoped and so it, it was a it was a learning process on both sides you would just learn what the what the directors wanted it as early as you could so that then you could rig the puppet to do something special like shoot pool as you see here and so on and if you have the time to do it then you can make them do it you know you can build it but. like playing pool for instance <laughs> exactly so um, so they you know they 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 like to say that the puppets couldn't you know couldn't do much so thanks thanks guys appreciate it. She reminds me of the Dun, dun, dun. She reminds me of Willie from Temple of Doom. <laughs> she does. I think she is. Kind I don't of think she was fucking Trey Parker. I'm just gonna ha- I'm just gonna throw Probably that out there. Not. I'm not sure about Lady that. Lady only here because she's banging director. Now I came out of this movie. They'd been shooting it for quite a while already, and the, the weird thing for me was I. I had been doing Polar Express, and uh, I was doing Polar Express at, at Sony Imageworks down on Washington Boulevard in Culver City. Um, for six months or more, I was doing Polar Express. And Polar Express was, you know, the money was really good, but as far as a creative experience, it was the most soul-draining, you know, crushing experience I've ever encountered. Because I, I literally was like working in a factory. I might as well have been plucking chickens. I was applying motion <laughs> capture data to an armature and then sending it to an animator. I'm, I'm, it's, it's the kind of work that should have been replaced by a plug-in. And yet there was a department of us humans who actually had to do it. And so, Basic, Basically all the worst parts of the Bible. All the worst. It's a quote from Armageddon. I, I also I also like the fact that the computer is named intelligence, intelligence. and it's an acronym, but they never, they never bother to explain for what, what the hell is that an acronym for? But there is I mean you have the Patriot Act and stuff like that. There is an entire branch of the government yeah. whose job it is to come up with acronyms, <laughs> That's basically. Right. People the, in the, the military makes and sense. NASA love to make Wait, up Patriot names. Patriot an, an acronym? Patriot is an acronym. I don't know what for I'll have to look. Wow! I I'll look it up. You I guys thought talk. they were just being. Yeah. I thought they were just like sitting back and being. You can't do shit. Yeah, I no, they were by calling it the Patriot Act, but they also they had tried, to figure to out a way all, to make it. Hold on. Someone went to college and was like, "I can use I, letters." And I, I tend to doubt it's, it's an acronym, but uh, we'll find out because that's a little. It's almost to the point of being a joke to say yeah, "Patriots" and it's an acronym. It stands for patently and endembolic, whatever. Anyway, so I was working at uh, Polar Express and and doing you know doing robotic. CG children with giant eyes that would you know scare millions later that Christmas, um, and I finally finished that job up, and I was really like, wow, that was really an unpleasant experience. Everyone there was very nice, but it was the work was really you know I it's like this is like how 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 much can you be making a movie and have it less be like making a movie than what I've been doing for the past six months? Okay, okay, I found it. It's not just the Patriot Act; 
It, the, it's the There's USA more? Patriot Act, Uh-oh. and USA Patriot is an, an acronym which stands for Uniting and Strengthening America, <laughs> USA, by providing appropriate tools required <laughs> to intercept and obstruct terrorism. Wow. Oh, wow. Act. <laughs> Someone got paid that day. Your tax dollars at work. Yeah, Jesus. right there. Plus those two wars. So, the guy that no one intelligence good, yeah, it's, but for, clearly but it's it could mean something. something yeah. Is there like an IMDb for the guy that designed that acronym so I can find out what he's done since yeah, then? Yeah, what's he like, working on now? I'm trying to make Quaternion into an acronym, but I'm just having a hard time with the middle part. This guy part. plays a lot of Scrabble. Anyway. So I, I, finished up, I finished up Polar Express, and you know, I was like, okay, well, that was fine, and I made a lot of money at it. And, and I love this song, by the way. But anyway. Oh, it's a great. It's a and the, did they film this song like yeah, they actually, Mill or yeah, something? Yeah, it's our home video or whatever they shot it on. But yeah, they took the puppet, and not even a puppeteer because you see he doesn't do anything they just pose him i think maybe one of the puppeteers was there and they just posed him in all these landmarks but uh yeah they just grabbed it i, I don't think they got permits or anything because you know it's a guy with a camera and a puppet you know no one's gonna say hey are you making a hollywood motion picture so they just yeah look at this is insane they actually go to arlington and put a puppet I, but i love the fact that he's clearly the wrong scale in this yeah it's like sequence washington dc apparently is human scale for some reason so that's just how it is in this well, universe it's just big government for you that's yeah oh, bigger government done. than you thought Brian is very happy with himself. <laughs> Vietnam Wall. I mean, good Lord. Freedom isn't free. The, the soundtrack to this is just brilliant. And uh, Trey Parker. The uh, yeah, he, he you know, Trey Parker is among other things. Trey Parker genuinely loves musicals, and so when they do musical spoofs, they do good musical spoofs, yeah. which are actually almost workable musicals. I think he was a them. music comp major. Could, um, could well actually. be. I believe that. So the literally, oh my God, the, I want to look up TeamAmerica.org. Okay, yeah, you guys keep going. I, it's probably still up. Literally, the next week, this is, wow. the little, house, oh, look, the, little, the, the little houses are little takeout boxes. And a little <laughs> in joke there. All the little houses are tiny takeout boxes. Um, and of course, crazy Kim Jong Il. I think in some of these scenes, I'm the, like the guard in the background on the left. You know, that just green left or uh, actual stage I, left. I I think I think camera right. Shut up! Don't question me. I think screen right. Don't dispute me. Yeah, it's, it's when they go to the close-up and the two. And, and so, yeah, one of these two in the background. Um, I'm one of them. And, uh, hurrah. Yeah. Hurrah. What do you think I'm doing here? And this, of course, is, uh, is uh, Trey Parker doing the voice of this thing. And he, uh, and he would often improvise stuff and come up with stuff on the set. And, and uh, you'd have to try to keep up. Anyway, the week after Polar Express, just to finish that story, I got a call saying, hey, um, I knew all – meanwhile, all my friends were doing this awesome puppet movie called Team America. And uh, I, I wasn't in on it. So, so they, a friend of mine called me and said, look, some people have finished up on the project and you know, gone on to this other project. And would you want to come in and do the last couple weeks of – Team America, and I was like, "Fuck yeah!" So, <laughs> so, and and Team America was being shot in an, in an and then I was like, "Wow, that's your catchphrase!" Yeah, in an unused in an unused furniture warehouse that literally was a block away from Sony ImageWorks. So, so the next week, I'm driving the exact same route and I'm parking in exactly the same parking structure. And instead of doing soul draining clicking of mouses and mice and and point you know CG children with big soulless eyes, I'm standing on a set with actual puppets with actual explosives and bombs and fire going off, manipulating a marionette through it, you know. And I felt so much better about my life and my industry and everything else. It's like this: these are the two extremes of puppetry in the world now. One is one is one is soul sucking, and one is actually and one is badass to be able to participate in. And there's a scene coming up. It's toward the. Uh, 
last act of the movie, but they're flying their uh, their various vehicles, and they're having an argument. And the the the, the characters in their vehicles were, were mostly played by me and Greg Mannion doing each character in turn, with with fire being blown past on one side and liquid nitrogen being blown <laughs> past on the other. And no one would come near that set because it was you know if, except for where we that were, that could explode exactly. And not even Trey Parker was directing us from by by closed circuit television from from a hundred yards away. He wasn't even anywhere near it. So. I love this sequence. It's a beautiful, hell of a set, too. It's great. So, yeah, these sets are, are they're miniature scale, but they're big. I mean, they're all, in this, they're all just built across this vast, empty furniture warehouse that they turn into a soundstage, which worked fine for a soundstage because this movie has no live dialogue recording. So, so you know, there, it, there would be multiple scenes being shot at the same time, and, you know, action and bells are going off, and people are yelling direction, and all at the same time because no one was ever rolling sound. Um, other- I remember them. I forget which one, but one of them talking about and saying how they would never do another puppet movie again because it was such yeah. a hell experience because they literally never had five minutes because since they were five or six different sections going on at the same time, yeah. they would literally want, run from one section of the soundstage and to they, another. They, sometimes they would run, but most of the time, Trey Parker had his, this wall of videos, and they had a wall of video uh, screens, and they would just patch in. He, li- he wouldn't leave his chair a lot of the time, and they would just go, okay, here's, this, here's the, from this set, and he would talk to you on a microphone and, and say, this great, and then move on to the next one. The next one. So yes, here's the plastic surgery job that they've done. <laughs> it's uncanny. This incredible buildup, and he's just got stuff glued on his face. He's just in blackface with black <laughs> yeah. cotton balls. Dirk a dirk so, coming up is one of my... I'm not, I'm, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, I'm not sure what they're making fun of. Are they making fun of the plastic surgery bit in movies, or are they making fun of the racism of these characters? They're making, by uh, assuming that... that I can, I can settle that, that one for you. They're making fun of the racism of okay, these characters. That, that, that's as far as they're concerned, he's a picture-perfect Arab mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Now, he, now he will pass for an Arab. He falls off of cliffs in Raiders of the Lost yeah. Ark. <laughs> yes. And carries baskets on his head. Yeah. yeah. My, favorite, uh, my favorite joke in this movie, because it, it's the su- favorite subtle joke anyway, is the... Uh, is the joke coming up that I'll give away that it's the hammer joke. <laughs> it's the punchline of the joke is a hammer. It's like if things go wrong, you'll want to take oh, your own life. Is. You'll need this. <laughs> and, the, and the tool that they give him is a hammer to take it's his own life. a shitty hammer, with. too. And that's a great little scale hammer, too, if you notice. had the detail on that hammer for how tall it is, but... So but all yeah. this stuff is for real. I mean, this big, you know, lit up screen and the Mount oh. Rushmore and everything Here else. is the theme Here's the song. song. Here's the rousing the theme song. America, fuck yeah. And it's, it's you know, as we've... as we've, I cheered. Yeah. I did. <laughs> it's, it's great. As we've... As um, a token Republican, yeah. but, you know. So, like, these little vehicles... Were you still a Republican at the time? Huh? Were you still a Republican no, at the no, time? No, no, oh. no. So, I don't know if I ever was. I, I, he wasn't a Republican, think, Brian. I don't think I ever was. It was no. a joke. I, I, I was. On behalf of everyone that was a listener... Back when. He wasn't... He wasn't... It was a joke. What, what, what's a joke? <laughs> ah, a story with a humorous climax? You should probably go out with your friends and protest something. <laughs> yeah, liberal. Yeah, yeah. Monty Bank. No, I, I considered being a Republican, and then I looked it up, and I'm like, hmm, that's oh. dumb. Just be a libertarian. It's far different. No, I also thought about be being a libertarian, but then I'm like, no. I'll just be an anarchist instead if I get to that point. America! Fuck yeah! Fuck yeah. And of course, I, we heard the songs when we were shooting stuff with the songs on the set, <laughs> and I was just, I was just cracking up. Uh, the, the most fun 
day as far as the music goes was when we were shooting clips from the I'm So Lonely uh, montage. Um, yeah, Trey Parker would they, – they, they were constantly, just like they do with South Park, they were rewriting. You know, South Park gets rewritten and reshot up until about eight seconds before it airs on Comedy Central. Um, and they, they were trying to do that with this movie as much as they could. Um, so they would come up with things. And, and it's, go, interesting, it's interesting that was more difficult for them with a single – you know, a unit of a film as opposed to a weekly show. Yeah, it's, because South Park is so simple and it's, you know, comparatively yeah. speaking, that they literally can just record a new line of dialogue, quickly reanimate it if they even bother to reanimate the moment, <laughs> and then throw it into the master tape and, and broadcast it out to, for air. Um, this is another one, as, as there are many, there you know, these huge epic sequences, which are just, again, logistically... Very difficult to do these giant crowd sequences across these vast sets with all. And look at the props. I mean, look at all these. This amazing amount of scale prop and, the way and the costume moves in a lot of ways. And it's it very really real. Like pans across the whole set, and you yeah. reveal elements. Yeah, they didn't want to be restricted by by you know the puppet, you know, and the miniatureness of it. That they're doing Jesus. dollies and you know they're doing dollies and crane shots. They're shooting this as much like this a real movie as they possibly can. Um, there's a shot that this sequence then leads to a big chase scene where. Um, they're chasing across the desert where basically the crane, they're, they're following it with a crane, but because of the scale, it feels like a helicopter shot. But it's mm-hmm. actually just a crane that's, that's tracking across well, the top that, of the set. That's why it's good to have Bill Pope. They just turn to him and they're like, how would you shoot this? And he's like, I'd probably get a dolly. And he's like, okay, then. <laughs> okay, well, dolly. <laughs> so the dolly had to be these tiny little incremental dolly moves. The dolly was know? a vacuum cleaner. Yeah, the dolly had to move in scale and so on. But these, uh, I wasn't uh, around for any of this, uh, this stuff here. Sometimes, once or twice I got to visit the set when I was still down the street stuck on Polar Express. So here you go. So here's, the, you know, here's another epic, you know, epic street scene. Seems like there'd be far more work for the art department on a movie like this because you can't just go out and buy some yeah, stuff. Yeah, you can't buy anything. It's like, all right, we're going to need a lot of styrofoam, guys. Yeah. Except for a few, a few things. If you look closely, like their, their belt buckles are like uh, dimes and their, 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 their weapons are like nail clippers and things like that. There's a few, there's a few real-world scale items here and there. But yeah, otherwise, everything is, is custom. Everything is the, the, the wardrobe department on Team America was the most fun place to go because it was like the ultimate you know, doll, dollhouse accessory room you ever saw in your life they had this huge wardrobe room which only took up one room instead of a trailer and they had these you know rack after rack of these tiny tiny outfits in your when your experience on set did they seem like they were having a good time with it or did they seem exhausted and wanted to kill themselves it was generally fun they were they were long days um you know and sometimes like any it was like any other movie where people would get grouchy but the you did have you did have at all times you had the saving grace of this was just so silly that what we're, <laughs> we're doing is you know it was impossible to take it too seriously most of the time you know you, you, had, you had to at, at some point if you found yourself getting crabby you had to go this is so much better than a job yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is what we're doing you know that we're getting paid screen actors guild minimum to uh, show up and do this i'm glad this movie got made this is one of those things where it's like somebody said somebody i have this, to say this i have this yeah. great idea we should totally do a whole puppet movie and by against the power of but, the gods it actually got made but not but not a muppet <laughs> movie a puppet movie where we mock Michael Bay and Jerry Bruckheimer. Yeah. Exactly. And and we mock, you know, America's fight against terrorism. And this yeah. is I mean, considering like how long it takes to make a movie and get it released, this is not that long after nine eleven this movie was greenlit. Um, you know, and it's pretty strange that uh, even considering the environment, Figrin Dan Mahid. That's right. They're playing the the pseudo version of the uh, cantina oh, yeah, so scene. Did... This is obviously they're spoofing a little cantina scene vibe here. Yeah. And wouldn't it have the been aliens. awful if, if the terrorism angle were no longer 
longer relevant. Yes, <laughs> once this movie had come out, well, that yeah, it's, been it's, just it's easy to forget. Uh, you know, eight years on, you know, the, the, you know the, the tone of the first couple of years when, boy, if you just made the slightest mocking reference to nine eleven, you know, you you were in danger of being stoned to death for heaven's sake. Uh, even uh, the, the climate that this was released in, this is like two thousand four. This is mm-hmm. at the, yeah around. The we were still winning the war the whole, then. We were still the good guys in that the, war. Yeah, the whole blue state, red state. We had just fervor. accomplished the mission, people. That's right. <laughs> So the uh, you know this the, the thing about that that Parker and Stone you know <laughs> I often that line yeah. I sense that I'm I sense she yeah. <laughs> she's like yeah, she's the one who senses things she's like the medium you know I, I'd like I, I will say that I I can't really think of a like Bruckheimer style movie where they've had like the psychic character that would be an awesome thing to throw in that could make for a very interesting movie if they had that but they would be she'll make closest, helicopters explode with their thoughts yeah exactly the closest we got was also she can kill you with her brain was yes. a shot in Indiana Jones 4 but. the thing about Parker and Stone though is is people always want to know what their what are their actual politics right. and and because Oh, I they think, get. I think, they, I think they're both Republicans. They get pretty, no, they're not really. Mm-hmm. They get pretty mean about the liberals later later yeah. on in this movie. Well, too. they get. Well, that's the thing. Well, is Michael they, Moore. They will spoof. They will go after anybody. Right. They're they're pretty much at least in terms of their public persona. Maybe in private they have different you know beliefs and it's just part of their act. But but yeah, you know, I guess the, maybe the word is libertarian. I don't know. But they you know they're pretty much. That's the sense I've always. Gotten. Yeah, they're pretty much you know small government and anyone who you know pretentiously thinks they know best for anyone else is is you know no matter what ideology they're spouting is automatically you know a target for them and and this movie this movie is it's certainly more overtly mocking of the liberal perspective than it is of the conservative perspective it's 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 the problem is and and michael you've talked about this in the past is conservative people who actually you know people who actually do think america fuck yeah Mm -hmm. don't get that they're being mocked by this movie saying america fuck yeah right because they think that i mean that's their approach i mean there was a there was a thing just recently where there was there was a poll and apparently a lot of conservatives think stephen colbert is being serious yeah they don't realize he's, that he's he's, he's kind of being, he's kind of being realize, funny while he makes the points. He's yeah, making. exactly. They he, they think he's yeah. being funny, but they agree with him, and it's like you are totally missing the other half of <laughs> yeah, the funny. Like, yeah, he's, he, he's showing how ridiculous your point of view is by showing how extreme it is, yeah. and they're not they don't see that it's extreme. They get it. They go, oh, that's yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, that totally makes sense. So that's, this movie said, is def- is sense. absolutely mocking the idea of America as the world's policeman by making yeah. these characters into clowns. But I think that might be lost on some people. Who, to whom irony is not a trait they have, you know? right? Um, whereas it's or a, cognitive dissonance. Yeah. Whereas it's easier to spot that. Wow, they really made fun of Janine Garofalo just there. So, so it seems like you know this. If you if you don't have the right mindset, this might seem like it's a conservative movie, you know. But it's really a puppet movie, no less. Yeah, conservative puppet movie. But just like South Park or anything else, those guys do. You know, just it's whatever's moving, they'll go for it. You know, they're, right? <laughs> they're like a dog. If anything, you know, anything that's up, they'll take down if at all possible. But one of the things they're definitely spoofing is this whole conceit of, you know, the heavily armed American. You know, it's it's like it's like GI Joe is the same spoof. They just didn't know they were making a spoof when they made GI Joe. It even opens the same way. <laughs> we're talking. It opens I, with really an attack is. by terrorists on Paris. Trey yeah. and Matt were on Penn Gillette's radio show, which is actually a lot of fun to listen to, even though it, I I don't agree with all of his philosophies. It's he, gone now. He's really fun. But you I can, used to he, the archive is all online. Yeah. Though. you can get it online. But he's online like everything else. I but, listen um, to the show. Yeah. Trey and Matt came on after the Aristocrats, and uh, they, were, they were talking about that, and they kind of got off topic. They were talking about September 11th and the reaction to world terrorism, and obviously this came up and all that. But they're talking about how everyone had a different conspiracy theory for what happened. Here's what happened. No, here's what happened. No, these guys had the biggest incentives to, to do. No, no, these guys had a way bigger incentive. And it was like, we sat back and we were thinking about what jokes we could make, tried to come up with who would have the most incentive to do the 9 11. 
And it turns out flag companies would have the most incentive. <laughs> yeah, it was all a conspiracy with the flag companies. They're doing great. Here we're having the shots that are that are you know there's RP going on. There's there's some, little some of these things are literally done with moving cur- curtain backgrounds that are just like a vaudeville routine that are going on. Oh wow! Yeah. And uh, yeah, like these things <laughs> I hear RP stuff going on. Um, and and also RP? and also rear projection and also and also extremely tiny. Tiny, tiny vehicles on a big sand set with the crane falling over that makes it look like a helicopter shot. Like Hot Wheels? Yeah, exactly. They're Hot Wheels scale. Um, <laughs> that's the secret signal of brilliant yeah. uh, uh, stuff. I love that signal. Now, one of the things that was weird for me was uh, Trey, Trey Parker is definitely, on the set of this anyway, was definitely the director. I mean, Mark, Matt Stone was there. He was around. He would, he would give ideas. He would talk to Matt. He was much more like hands-on with sort of the, the detail stuff, but, but Trey Parker was the one who would, who would sit there at the monitors and would, was definitely calling the shots, quite literally. Um, and uh, it's, it's a good joke. She's going to waste everyone in the room <laughs> with her minigun. Again, Joe Fiskel's special here. And, and as a marionette artist, you don't get a chance to manipulate a puppet that's being blown apart. I mean, it's actually quite fun. It's loads of fun. So there you go. There are your, your tiny, tiny yeah, RC cars with the, with a crane following. Um, the, my first day on the set when they said, hey, you want to come and be part of Team America? And I was like, fuck yeah. Um, I walk <laughs> on the set and literally one of the first things that happened, I'd been on the set five minutes, was there was an announcement over the PA going, all right, everyone, let's get in a position. Um, and then Trey's going to explain what happens in this scene. <laughs> and I stopped and I was like, I'm going to what? <laughs> because I, I've never been in my entire life in a room where the person named Trey wasn't me. So it was an experience I'd never had where, where someone said Trey my whole life. They're talking about me. They can't be talking about anyone else because who would that be? So I'm in a room with someone else named Trey for the first time in my life, and he's the director. So, so people are saying Trey all the time. So when, yeah, hey, so Trey, when, what do you think of this? So Trey, what should we do like, oh. here? But the first thing I literally was like, Trey's going to explain the next scene. I'm like, I just fucking got here. What? Do you, what? I'm gonna, uh, I mean, I'm happy to do it, but, but I don't know if you want me to. Um, and then I realized, oh, that's right, the Trey Parker. Yeah, there you go. Um, and, and what was funny about it was then, of course, I'm working on the set a couple of days later. And uh, a couple of days later, um, someone came to me and said, okay, um, just, just so you know, people are going to start referring to you as Stokes. <laughs> and I said, why is that? And it's like, well, because sometimes Trey will hear them call for you and he thinks they're calling for him and it confuses him. So, so I had to change my name because <laughs> – Director Trey was confused when other people would ask for Trey that wasn't him. So he was having the exact same experience as I was. He's like, how are they talking about Trey? didn't say fire that other Trey. Yeah, fire that one off my set this instant. Um, Find him another name or kill him. Exactly. But I became, I became known as Stokes just so it wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't bother Trey. So I was happy to do it. I took one for the team. I gave up my name for this movie for the period of the shoot. So wait, they're moving. He's sliding around on the. <laughs> so there's a person down below, is, and I'll tell you who it is. It's Maury Bernstein, who I know, I still know Maury to this day. She's a good friend of mine, Maury Bernstein. And there's some great outtakes where, where you know, they just every take they would go just get wilder with it, where his chair would get more and more out of control and do the wrong thing. And there was some hysterical outtakes where they were just in, improvising with his chair would just go anywhere, and the voice actors trying to keep up, and the you know the puppeteer <laughs> up above is trying to keep up, and his chair would, where 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 am I going? What whoa. <laughs> There was every so often they, they would be piping out the voice actors over the set the whole time. There was sometimes it was pre-recorded. Sometimes if some if it was a voice that, that Trey Parker was doing, sometimes he'd get on a microphone and they'd improvise something live, and uh, you know you just kind of play along with it. Um, it was it varied. It, you know it was fairly wide open in that regard. Sometimes sometimes if they would say okay, well we'll do something with this, you would just kind of wing the voice yourself, and they would just dub it later. However it worked out. Is there any what's the I don't know the method- methodology of 
doing a lip sync with a puppet. I mean, is is it a? There's probably not a delay on the mouth, is there? It's um, as I recall, it's it's done with the the boy. The mouth was voice uh, was you know audio activated. Um, I love the Helen Hunt puppet. Oh, that's exactly like it. <laughs> Liv Tyler was the first puppet I actually manipulated in this movie. My first day it was uh, the first day I was there was Fag headquarters. Um, the, the, the story behind Matt Damon was the Matt Damon caricature just came out as Trey Parker said it looks retarded and that's how the Trey character the, the, the Matt Damon puppet became retarded that wasn't in the script it was just like he looks like a retarded Matt Damon and the whole Matt Damon came out of that that Trey just didn't think the puppet looked good um, <laughs> so so uh, Liv Tyler was the first puppet I did the first day on set because the first day I was there was we shot the big fag headquarters sequence but uh, what was uh, – you had a question. I'm the sorry. Mouth. The mouth. The mouth is uh, – as I recall, the mouth was often um, – it's, it's, you know, it's audio activated. So you didn't have to keep up with the lip sync because it would be based off That's of cool. either the live track or the recorded track. It would just be kind of bobbing along to the, to the voice. Hans as I recall, Blicks. Hans Blix. Hans Blix was yeah. – Hans Bricks. Hans Bricks. I, I lived in um, – when I lived in North Hollywood, I lived right off – Blick Street, so I would always hear this. I would always hear him screaming about Hans Bricks in my head whenever I'd I love how the, I've noticed the subtitles are written the way he's actually talking. So says, "You're breaking my bars. You're breaking my bars," and it's actually spelled B A R R S bars. Now, my friend uh, and your friend too, Greg Mannion. You know Greg quite well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Puppeteer I've known for many years. Also appears in the AMPTP videos. That's correct. Um, he's the uh, the more grumpy of the two in the AMPTP of, videos. Uh, yes, and he's also uh, the voice of Yoda in our Pink Five movies and a uh, friend of mine for, for more than 20 years now. Um, and we met as best puppeteers working together. This scene right here with the shark, Greg got paid a week of SAG to train the shark to bite a puppet hmm. um, This for this scene. Because that's a real... Small shark and a puppet, and that's uh, uh, Greg is manipulating the puppet there. Um, he had to go in every day to the shark tank and strap octopus to the puppet <laughs> and jiggle it until the shark would bite it so that the shark would learn that the puppet meant food. Um, and then on this day, they just dropped the puppet in, and the shark went for it, and that was the shot. But uh, thank, thank you, Screen Actors Guild. Thank, good job, fag. Uh, <laughs> uh, he, had, he got paid SAG every day to dangle a puppet in front of a shark full of squid and, and make it eat it. Sometimes so there's the character kind of that awesome. is there's the character. See the bartender there is even though they're in the same scene here because they dropped the idea by this point. Sure but that for. character is supposed to be the other character. For, right that character is supposed to be Sarah. But then they were like, "Ah, screw, it, we won't do that anymore." So now they had this chauffeur character that they had to put in scenes, even though they they well, they only have the one puppet. So how do we do it? So this also this this set also was fantastic. Very sixties. He looks like Trey Parker. He does. He has a kind of that look to him. Um, my friend Christine is very proud of her uh, dancing here with Sarah, her little, her little dance moves that she came up with for Sarah, who's doing her little boogaloo here. I think the dance moves for the, on the puppets are hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> like, Christ- Christine had this. She, was, she, was, she told me before I even saw the scene. She was like, I came up with this really fun little thing for Sarah to do for her dancing. And they, they, made, a, they made a shot of it. They, they did a, this little bop that she's doing. And there's a full body shot of it as well. And that's, Wait, what are all the paintings in the background there? What's the idea behind those? I'm not See sure. all that stuff, the George Washington painting, and I'm honestly not sure. It's it's great set decoration, but yeah. Um, yeah. So that that uh, there's a lot of that. There's you know when you're sort of handed a puppet, you have to figure out what the puppet does and go. Well, here's a thing that it does. Can I use this to <laughs> to apply to the scene I have to now do? Like what? Like this dance, like you know, there's just, you know the way the puppet. It's was like built, it, 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 it do this little dance. Can I, you know, how do I work that into the scene that she's supposed to be having? You know, walking around and talking and dancing. Well, I can kind of do a little dance move and and so on. It's a beautiful little set here. This this Mount Rushmore at sunset set. 
Is this where he tells the story? Uh, he tells. Yeah, does he tell story? the story about uh, about the the gray the gorillas? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Here's the gorilla story. And all the interviews I, I heard from Trey and Matt after the fact, they were all they talk about how much of a just a tremendous galactic pain in the ass this movie was to get done. Exactly, and of course, it always you know those of us who worked very hard is that, is that, always is always that enjoy for a puppet movie. Always is, enjoy hearing that. Like, oh, thank you for you know. Not only did you do the biggest puppet movie of all movie of all time, you made sure that no one ever will again because <laughs> by telling everyone that it was really hard. Well, I'm glad we worked hard on it for you guys. Let's do a puppet movie, Trey. <laughs> I'm ready it. to do a puppet movie. You know, it's like, hey, you know who else does puppet movies? Frank Oz, a puppeteer. Yeah. He doesn't seem to have a problem with it. He seems to know how to shoot them. And I'm not really I'm not knocking salt. I'm not knocking <laughs> I'm not knocking like Trey that. and Parker and stuff. I think they're I think they're legitimately geniuses at what they do. I just you know, I, I and I think it was partly a shtick that they were doing that that was their thing was, eh, puppets are hard to work with and that was their thing when they were promoting this movie. But you know, it's like, hey, Maybe if you did it for a living, you'd understand how to shoot puppet movies. Eh? Just saying. Now, one of the things that... Go ahead. Have you seen coming up after this, or is it later? I think it's coming right up. uh, This is it. This is the famous scene. I promise you I'll never die. And I I was not involved in the scene, but... uh, Do you know anyone that was? Christine. I think it was Christine and Greg. I think Christine and Greg did it. Um, Wow. I think it was... That's what a weird calling card. I'm pretty sure Christine was involved. Uh, If it wasn't... Do puppeteers have demo reels? And if so, (laughs) is that scene on hers? Is this on it? It might well be, because it's kind of... It's such a famous scene. It's kind of like saying, oh, you did that scene. That's amazing. Um... And the story, you know, if you, you well, of course, if you're listening to this commentary, you've heard, you've seen the movie, so it's not like we're spoiling anything. But the um, this scene is the famous thing, and they and the guys talk about it. And this film is not yet rated. They actually tell that story. Um, you know, this the scene coming up was the scene that was made specifically for the MPAA to give them something to, them. to give them something to cut. And it's hand waving basically. Exactly. It's like look over here and so It's a yeah. scatological puppet ball of string. Yeah. And this is this we'll is play with that yeah. and then we'll go blow up Michael This Warren next scene was a, a shiny object for the MPAA to mm-hmm. be distracted by that uh, and and the you know you have to submit and if you haven't seen this film is not yet rated absolutely go get, find get it. Get out and go find it. One of my it. top 5 favorite documentaries ever. Um, it's about how how movies get their ratings and and the point the point is the one at half a sentence extra is and the point of that is it's fucked up. Yeah. You don't want to know because it's horrible and completely like yeah. wild west. It's very, it's very, poli- it's very political, and indie films always get get the shaft. Um, if you <laughs> oh, if you work for shaft. yeah, if you work for a big studio, then you're going to have an easier time dealing with the ratings board, and you can't really release your movie without a rating. It's really quite a, a racket. Um, anyway, so this scene here was a scene where they went way over the top. Farther than they ever would have wanted to release in a movie, just so the MPAA would go apeshit over this sequence and say you have to cut it, and they would fight over this sequence even though they wanted to cut it themselves, and ultimately they would. So the AMPA, AMP, AMA, whatever the MPAA. fuck, AMPA, thank you, would would feel that they won a victory and made the made the movie better. This, this scene makes me ask questions, like if it was, for instance, Christine and Greg. For instance, and I'm, I'm assuming Greg got the guy. And I you never know. You never it was, know. It, was, I mean, yeah. it just seems like you learn some really weird stuff, and that the, the dynamic would change. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, what other positions can we do? Well, I yeah. know this one. It's this like, is, excuse me, this film is. It'll be difficult to do with the puppets because it's difficult. This to do scene with is people. so well, much like up. you know, like if you ever got you know, well, we're all boys here. You know, if you got hold of your your sister's Barbies and started like having strange thoughts and oh, making them do things. <laughs> so the uh, oh, so wait the, for it. So no, the, no. the golden yeah. shower, there the golden showers, and the and the you know, yeah, and 
the scat Whoop and all and that. Puppets. You know, one, the golden showers and the scat and the things like that were the ones that the AMP were not in the release version. And and Parker and Stone never wanted them to be in the release version. That was the stuff they literally put in there so that the AM, the MPA would make them take it out, and then it would be you know. Then they would feel like they'd cut the movie properly. Did they bring a copy of the Kama Sutra to set and go, okay, let's just go through this? I, 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 I wish I'd been there. I was not part of the making of that particular scene. But um, it's one of the great puppet montage sex scenes in movie <laughs> history. No <laughs> doubt. Well, ah, in the eye. There's a list for cracks. It seems like puppet movies always get sent off into their own little world. It's like, this is one of the very few killer plant puppet movies. Yeah. Of all time, one I mean, of yeah. one of like one one of, or maybe one of now, maybe one or two. Another gigantic set piece, the Panama Canal scene, is uh, coming up here. And just, of the real America, yeah, <laughs> the real America. So, um, but look at the you know this is I saw this set they'd actually they just they'd already shot the scene but you know here's a guy on an actual little RC electric boat going by. I mean, but this is a real canal, you know, it's a, a huge set. And these sets would be, I mean, there were multiple sets going in the soundstage all at the same time, but they couldn't all be there. So they would have to shoot on a set. And then if it was destroyed, like this one's about to be, um, then they would do that and they would tear it down. And they would start building the next set in its place. So Panama had, had just been, the flood had just happened. They'd shot it and they were in the process of tearing it down when I was there. So I got to see, I got to see the size of the set and everyone's got to be here on set doing their puppets and you know and then they actually destroy it right while you're standing there um and again i wasn't part of this scene but uh, i was around for the taj mahal scene which also happens and i was part of the uh the japan explosion that comes up a little later and it's uh, it's actually quite tense because you're not gonna, you don't get multiple takes of it you know generally you know you got one shot and if you screw up your puppet while all hell's breaking loose around you um, you know, you feel bad, and they go, "Oh, the whole scene was great, except for the puppet right in the foreground screwed up." Did they know? come down hard on on any particular puppeteer? Or didn't do something they wanted? I mean, I'm, I'm I'm not fishing for a dick story, but in a situation where you only have, you can't even imagine how much it would cost to set that up again and do it again. Yeah. It's like that's two weeks and another three million dollars. The one that I know the most about that I was there for um, was the Taj Mahal explosion. And uh, we had to do the Taj Mahal explosion, I think, three times. We had to Ooh. blow up the Taj Mahal three times. Um, and, but it wasn't necessarily like one puppeteer was screwing up. It was, it was, um, it was a very complicated scene. And the one, the one who actually got in the most trouble was Joe Viscozel for that one. Um, and uh, I felt bad for him. But uh, the Taj Mahal scene, there was puppets in the foreground, and the Taj Mahal explodes, and the puppet's supposed to get blown off screen. And there was a whole it was the whole set was rigged with mortars and air mortars and explosives and fire and rubber cement, so everything would burst into flames. And the puppets are getting yanked off by these bungee cord rigs, and it was just the timing, you know. And, and the bomb, literally, the bomb. I wasn't one of the puppeteers on it, but literally, the boom would go off, and the puppeteers who were hanging above this fireball um, on these cranes couldn't help but go yank, which makes the puppets kind of go blink and you know, right at the right at the wrong moment. Um, so it took us three times to uh, to figure out how to get that scene the way Trey wanted it, um, technically. Um, so there was a lot of like, oh, I got to do it again. So we blew the Taj Mahal three times. And the third time, there was a little too much stuff. And the soundstage, we had to evacuate the soundstage because the, the, the lights in the ceiling caught fire. Oh, that's and, nice. And, uh, and Joe felt... Good job. Joe felt bad. You know, I could see him. He looked really sad because it's really... You know, it's, it's, it, if, as, a, if, as a pyro guy, you feel bad when the soundstage catches fire. It's kind of a black mark on you. And so I was like, eh, it happens, dude. Yeah, it's all right. Everyone's- I can't imagine Joe Fiskosel's going to take the black marks that We're all fine. I mean, you feel Everyone's bad, fine. but it's like, I blew up the Death Star. I mean, yeah. 
Frankly, I haven't needed a resume since 77. Well, when you set the soundstage on fire, that's still bad. Yeah, it's not good. It's no, not. It's, no it's, it's frowned upon. Um, <laughs> suppose Alec Baldwin, you know, no, no one really does their own voice. No celebrity does their own voice in this movie. But Alec Baldwin wanted to. Alec Baldwin. They talk about that on the Penn show. They were talking about yeah. how they wanted to have... Um, I don't remember who, the, who it was, but someone had come in. I think it was Sean Penn's people had emailed them and said, good news, Sean Penn wants to do his own voice. Yeah. And they were like, you guys can't do that. He can't do that. He's not part of our joke. It's our joke. Yeah, it's, it's, the joke doesn't work if it's actually Sean Penn. Um, and Alec Baldwin wanted to do his own voice, too. Um, and, of course, that's all, that's all like trying to dodge bullets. Like, oh, I'll play it, and it'll be funny. They don't want, they're trying, well, yeah, they're trying to avoid not, yeah. getting ridiculed. I, no, I, I don't think so at all. I don't think so at all. Not, not from what we've seen of Alec Baldwin. I mean, Alec Baldwin clearly doesn't have a lot of trouble mocking himself and his image. Um, you know, it's not like they would have changed the lines if Alec Baldwin had showed up and said, "Oh, we won't make you look so stupid." Then, you know, not but it at does all. Kind of weaken but then the, it's not the satire. satire. Yeah, exactly. That, the that's the argument. But it's not. I don't think Alec Baldwin was doing it so he would make himself look better. I don't think you know, he was doing it because he wanted to be in on the joke. I bet Sean Penn was would was trying to do it to lessen the satire, but Sean Penn, I don't think that's the case for Alex Sean Penn Baldwin. posted a couple of, you know, public you know, there was a little yeah, he posted a letter. nasty back and forth, which again you like never know with spread and variety. You never know with anyone about, you know, it's like okay, it's all part of the show, folks, you know. That was, <laughs> another, like, that was another thing they talked like, about, which was that Sean Penn had taken out an like a full page ad in variety saying Boycott Team America. They don't know what they're talking about. I've been to Iraq, and it's this whole thing. And if and if Trey Parker must don't want to go to Iraq, in the movie, right? Exactly. That became the text. He's telling the story, and he's like, and I and I turned to Matt, and I was like, he's fucking with me, right? Or he, he thinks Matt's fucking with him. He's like, no, dude, I don't know that. He's like. Has Sean Penn seen the movie? Does he know that he says this in the movie? We, <laughs> yeah. He hasn't seen the movie, right? He's like, he hasn't seen the movie, and then the movie came out, and then Sean Penn was pissed because he thought we changed it. Yeah, he has that speech about. I've and, been and, to Iraq, and, and, and Matt Stone's like, rainbow should, skies and gumdrop mountains. Matt Stone's like, should we, uh, should we try to like re- retaliate? I guess probably not. He's like, and Trey's like, no, this is great. <laughs> this is fantastic. Don't you see their plague into our hands? Again, it's like it. it it's so interesting with satire, especially with people see what they want to see. Like, you know, if, if you go to, as I still enjoy when I want to make myself very angry, go to the uh, uh, conservative websites and see what sort of crazy things they're saying. And, uh. and how they'll always talk about, you know, the Daily Show with their lib- – they would never say a bad word about Obama. It's like, well, do you not watch the Daily Show? Yeah, no, they don't. Or, the or do you watch the they Daily don't. Show and just when they do make fun of Democrats or liberals, that it just goes right – it just doesn't count? Is that how it works for yeah, you? Or? It doesn't count because it's not the same. Yeah, because yeah. I didn't get, they're, well, they're in on the yeah. show. Yeah, it doesn't count because they're only doing that to throw us off the trail. Yeah, to make That's it to, just for some kind of – balance idea or something like that but the, you know again the fact that people see this movie and they go oh there's Parker like the and sad America yeah like no that's, a, that's the, the, the down the downbeat version um, <laughs> that, that people see a movie like this and they go oh they're just mocking liberals like well, so you missed the part where they're mocking everybody else as well and they're mocking you know foreign countries well and yeah but they're, they're not paying France attention they're not paying attention at seeing other people. That was me, not. by the way, that hand sweeping the picture off. Thank you. Thank you very much. So um, That was brilliant. Thank right? you. Well, this is the scene coming up. They're about That's to so get... so real and truthful. They're, they're about <laughs> to all get shot... I believed it. It was. <laughs> they're about to all get shot down, and there's an argument going on between Sarah and Lisa and uh, and Chris. Um, Greg Mannion is, is on all the puppets. They would just swap one, and we'd swap cockpits. Um, Greg Mannion is above... Uh, puppeteering with the strings with the head control I'm down below holding the puppet in the chair and and holding the control stick which the puppet hands is attached to and kind of making it look like they're flying the flying the ship um, 
and then we're being shot at and and all that. So that's when they're blowing fire past us and all that. And then Trey Trey Parker's over the loudspeaker watching from a hundred yards away on television, saying, "And the sh- shake the ship, shake the ship." And there's no human being within a hundred yards because there's all this fire and ice blowing around. So Greg and I just sort of start kicking the rig that we're all crouching under to kind of make it slam around and you know more fire, more ice, and okay, now say the line and now kick it more and and uh, you know and that's and I'm like this is so much better than Polar Express. I'm so happy to be here compared to Polar Express. But these are all, you know, again, practical. It's all practical effects, just crashing models into each other and blowing them up and setting them on fire. So, yeah, all these, these scenes of Sarah and Chris. Um, and all these models loaded, the ones that explode anyway, they just loaded with... They're just full of, full of firecrackers, basically. It's nothing, it's only a slightly more sophisticated version of what you did wow, when you were eight years old. Wow, cool. Yeah. Those so, little tiny yeah. fish that are actually, you know, a substantial... <laughs> yeah, there we go. A substantial fraction of the submarine. Fantastic. So, so yeah. So this it's tremendously fun to do this stuff. I mean, it's it's loads of fun. It's it's. I used to do this stuff when I was ten, making little <laughs> puppet movies in the backyard. And I was like, no, it's a real movie, and I get to be part of it. This is fantastic. But these uh, these little you know this whole how they fly and you know control the joystick and and, and actually the 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 thumb was on for him the thumb was glued to the button and you could pull the button in from below the stick so you're actually you're just pulling his thumb down to the down to the throttle is how you're making how you're making it look like he's pressing his little gun button so i I love the sub the sub i think is kind of badass (laughs) it's i'd I'd want that sub that sub is like kind of cool brian how do you feel about trey parker and matt stone as filmmakers and as satirists and all i mean do you care about their movies as as satirists they're brilliant um in terms of their politics, as from what I know, which is not a tremendous lot, I don't. Well, I mean about their creative endeavors, but sir. From their, well, I can't say that I don't. His, it Michael, doesn't. Bug Michael Moore suicide bomber. Uh, really go hardcore after Michael Moore, similar, but um, I think they're brilliant satirists. They really are. The, the Michael Moore puppet, by the way, is full of ham and pastrami. That's awesome. Man. And and the, the, they were testing. Joe was t- Joe was testing the, the explosion one day during lunch. We were all standing in the lunch line, and they, they look over. And if you look in the corner of the parking lot, there's a little Michael Moore puppet sitting there. <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, what's the Michael Moore?" <laughs> and he, blew, he literally blew this like guts all over the place. We're like, "Oh my god, what is that?" <laughs> it was, they were just testing the Michael Moore explosion. That's why so, so this was, this was I, I was so proud of that with her little hand coming up like I sense I'm going yeah. down. That was my little stick. <laughs> I was very happy with that. You know, once in a while you get a moment. So anyway, so you were saying about satire. It doesn't. I mean, uh, it bugs you when Michael Moore gets blown up, but but they're brilliant satirists. They really are. They're, do you like their other movies? I do. Um, I'm trying to think of the whole filmography now. There's basketball and they South did Park. Home Alone. They did uh, <laughs> no Tora Tora Tora. No. They did Forrest Gump, right? That was yeah, kind of that was that was a great Dork satire. Man, how do you feel about Trey Parker and Matt Stone's movies? Um, <laughs> well, what okay, this is one so, of the this is one of the few optical effects right there. That was that was a green screen comp right there. There's that was two not America, all in there's, there's South Park. What else is there? Basketball, basketball. basketball. Well, they Orgasmo. Direct, that was Jay Roach, but they were in basketball. They and wrote they, a lot of wrote it. it. Orgasmo and, and Cannibal the Musical. Okay, I haven't seen Orgasmo or Cannibal, but oh, you got to see Orgasmo. But Orgasmo um, is funny. I like funny. It's very funny. I, I I'm a I was huge fan. I was. I still am a huge fan of uh, the South Park film. South Park the musical or bigger, longer, uncut. Um, I remember going to see it, and it was um, it was right after Columbine. 
and like it was so crazy because it was it was like they talk about in the in the aristocrats um you know i i we actually had to sneak into south park because we were too young and it was after columbine so they were actually checking ids for r-rated movies and stuff um because they're like it's the movies that did it but um it's that damn Hollywood. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. But I, I went to that and, and it was like it was like they talk about um with the uh, in the aristocrats with the Gilbert Gilbert Gottfried uh doing the aristocrats right after nine right eleven. Yeah, yeah, it was like cathartic. It's like I have never heard people laugh that hard in a <laughs> at a movie as they did at South Park because they're like, Oh, it's okay to laugh again now. Yeah. And it, it like Team America In their defense it is also an hysterically funny movie. It is a very funny movie. But yeah. in in Team America they they were laughing almost as hard as that. Like like they were just when they did Ameri- the the song and everything, they were just losing yeah. their minds. <laughs> it's a, and it's it's a great it's uh, this part him him singing I'm Ronery I'm and so all Ronery. That. Uh, I, I think it's I think this it's beautifully shot too. It's it. beautifully staged. Yeah, you know? it's it's well shot. Yeah, I I think these are you know they're they're solid as movies yeah. in, in their own right. I mean they're telling. They're being ridiculous, but they're also telling their own story uh, as they do it. Is that glow in the dark? I bet that's. It's, it's I looks bet like it looks like an off the rack one of those glow in the dark yeah. novelty skeletons. It's and it, well, and that's what you know. That's why their stuff does work. And and there's two reasons. One is it's very it's very sharp satire. But what uh, we were talking earlier, maybe before we were recording, but uh, we were talking about. You know, as opposed to like epic movie or scary movie or movies that are supposedly spoofing things, um, they forget to have a story. They forget to have a plot. And the, yeah. reason, the reason I just watched Disaster Movie recently, yeah. to my and they forget to make it. There, there is a, no story. Have a story to it. You know, and so if you string together a bunch of gags and go, look, and this movie is like this, and then what if you know she puked instead? Okay, well, that's a Batman, gag. And then they run into this, and then you do it for ninety minutes. You've got a feature length thing, I, but you don't have a movie. I read a um, I read an article that was reviewing. I think disaster movie, and they're like it's basically like it's basically like that. Uh, th- those movies are basically like the the SNL sketch, the Chris Farley show. Yeah, where they're like, that's hey, awesome. remember how the Hulk came out? That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's, that's their movie. That's yeah. the joke. And it's a mistake that a lot of people make. Like we're all peripherally or directly in the fan film world, and someone will come out with a very cute, like you know, one joke thing that goes on for three minutes. Right. And there's always the guy who goes, "You should make that feature length." And it's like, yeah. "No, you oh. should no under no circumstances make that feature yeah. length." That would never. That would be the most tiresome thing in the world if it was feature <laughs> length, unless you have a story to go with that somehow. Um, the thing that Parker and Stone do, the reason that, that Airplane works, the reason that other, you know, other, other movies do or don't work as spoofs or satires is they have a story. There is a story. I mean, this is a – Team America is doing a very by-the-numbers story, but it's a story nonetheless. It's, yeah. it's a story it's a about the guy who's the outsider. Who just, you know, and, of course, the joke is that it's by-the-numbers. Yeah, exactly. He's yeah. recruited, but it still works. It's a story that actually does have a story to it. Um, Which is know. the genius of Airplane is that they really took an yeah. old movie, movie exactly. from the 50s and – Took the storyline and even some of the dialogue and just put in their own and jokes. just made it kind of funny. That My, was it. A friend of mine found a VHS of that original old fifties movie and gave it to a <laughs> it's called yeah, it's friend, three, Zero Hour. Zero Hour, yes. And it is hilarious to watch because it's almost it's like, like it's, it's parodying Airplane. It's like, it's like someone made a straight version of Airplane. It really is. It's crazy. Now, one of the things that, that really puts Parker and Stone over the top, though, is this, this speech here followed by the scene that comes next. Because here is this, you know, this filthy monologue that actually explains the concept of the movie. Right. That the world is made of dicks and pussies and assholes and how they all relate to each other. Um, you know, it's, it's just amazing that that this actually makes sense. like the good little sense. hunting bar. It kind of does. Now, of course, we're coming up to the famous 
vomiting scene in which I play a small but critical role I'm very excited about. <laughs> but um, I love the drunken stumbling. It's yeah. quite good. So it's kind of like half puppetry and half bad puppetry going on. But uh, this, again, a fantastic set, you know, this incredible set. And uh, mostly it's, that's me in the window as the lady in the window. Thank you very much. My solo bit in this movie. That's me all by myself. Nobody else. Lady in the window yelling. <laughs> Thank you. You Thank gave you. up on life, too. You gave up on life, didn't you? <laughs> now, I, I, to get ready for that scene, they were shooting this scene first, and then after they finished this vomiting scene, then they shot my little single up in the window. I was waiting in the back of the set the whole time while they were shooting this. And the shooting of this vomits, it just went on and on and <laughs> on forever. And they would load, they would they had a thing with compressed air to blow the vomit out, and they would load it up again, and they would oh. roll again. And, and The heaving action is very yeah. well puppeteered, and by the, the way. Exactly. exactly it's it really quite well, it's well performed. I mean, if I what may, is the vomit? It's, oh, it's some mixture of, you know, mushroom soup or whatever they use. You know, it's, it's just stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the set would just, was just, would fill with it, you know, and they would, and th- this was definitely very improvisational because, because, uh, Trey is just yelling over the microphone and okay. And stop the stuff and, <laughs> and, yeah, and now go again, you know, That's- and this, and this is where the thing just started to malfunction where there's air in the line and it's just starting to go intermittently. And everyone was like, Oh my God, it's even better now. Go, go, go. Keep rolling. Keep rolling. Keep rolling. I was going to say, I'm like, that has got to be accidental. It's totally it's accidental. Happened. It just, the, the line, the line started to get bubbles in it. Um, and it, unfortunately, the, and you can sort of see. forgot about you that. Can, you can sort of see what happens here uh, when it was really getting out of control. Is I'm up, I'm up in my window waiting to do my the, the the trees are little dollar bills here. By the way, I love that little touch here at Fag Headquarters. Um, I'm waiting in my window for them to do me after they've done that scene. And suddenly it got very quiet, and they weren't rolling anymore. And I could and the, and the monitor because I was watching it on the monitor went off. And finally, I had to sort of climb out of the set and look around. And the camera guys were over on the side with the camera totally disassembled. And they're cleaning out the interior of the camera with Q-tips. Oh. It, was like, it was like, whoopsie, a little, <laughs> little too well with the vomit. So this was my first day on set was FAG headquarters because everybody in town got called in to, to do this scene. There's every puppeteer you've ever seen in a movie ever is under this floor <laughs> smelling each other's armpits. There we all are, packed in together. So... Um, so yes, my first day on Team America, uh, that's me. It's not me doing the close-up, but in the wide shot, I was Liv Tyler. So my first day on Team America, I, was, uh, I had my hands up Liv Tyler's dress, and I was very proud of that. And we're, uh, we're <laughs> at the end of this, of course, they all yell, Kapla. Which, Brian. Yes. <laughs> the, the traditional uh, Klingon warriors cry. <laughs> yes, which I love is never explained. That yeah, they, they just, just do it. They just, they, 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 for and whatever I remember, reason. I remember that moment specifically when they do it, because there's no, there's no setup or foreshadowing. Yeah, they just probably, do it. It probably rocked so your world pretty hard when uh, yeah. the entire Screen Actors Guild or Film Actors Guild is represented here. Suddenly all yelled kapla for no <laughs> particular reason. But but uh, I know Greg and Christina and myself. We still will still when the time is right. We will we will yell kapla. That will, that's one of the things we took with us from this movie. Um, there's, yeah, Matt there's the Matt Damon. The there, there was also I believe it was Ben Affleck. There was a Ben Affleck. There was supposed to be a Ben Affleck puppet that was even less successful than the Matt Damon. Wrong. And they shot a whole scene where they, Ben Affleck was in that scene, but he literally was a hand wearing a suit. I mean, he <laughs> he, he, he wasn't even a puppet. Oh, that's funny. It was just a, just a hand sticking out of a suit. They did a whole thing like I'm Ben Affleck, and I think that this. And it's one of the things that they, sounds like freaked. Yeah, that they didn't use in the in the final thing. Hello. Hello. So again, this is this is this is very standard plotting for this kind of a movie, but good. You know, that's that's good. That's why you do it. You know, here the, the characters monologuing now. They have something. Yeah, they they have a story. It's a cliched story, but better that than just 
stringing a bunch and of that, gags together for 90 minutes. That becomes part of the joke. Yeah. As well. <laughs> it's very like, stiff. That's kind of the point. Also, it gets kind of like, holy shit, you know, the, the puppets with, you know, blood and they're bruised up. I mean, it's like, this is getting kind of strangely dark all of a sudden. You know, it's kind of weird this way. And electroshock going on. Nobody does. Nobody does. Great set, too, is another really gorgeous. It is kind of funny. 9-11 times 2,300. Okay, so here's the Taj Mahal. So so it's one thing where the puppets are moving and then explode and the whole Uh, place goes up. Um, Look, Andy Warhol. There's kind of an Andy Warhol thing. Oh, there's also a scene here too where the the set is uh, the set is vertical. It's a Joe Viscozel special. This oh the Japan I was in on this was a gnarly scene to be on. The exploding Japan scene was fantastic. And this is a this is a vertical set. Uh, so, so the fireball you, will come at you. you get the rolling yeah. fireball. So you get the Independence Day fireball. Is the set is built vertically and the fireball rolls up the just goes up a wall. It's just such fun to be around watching that kind of stuff happen. Yeah, they would go okay. Here it goes. Boom. The Japan set, we were all under like bulletproof glass with strings to kind of just jiggle the dolls until the explosion went off, just so they'd be alive, and then just everything just went up. The whole thing just was Did splintered. Did it like tug on the strings and like yeah, it was just like it would just or this, well, the strings melted. The strings you suddenly just go limp because whatever they were attached to is just oh, melted so away. Creepy. Yeah, it's like oh, he's dead. We've lost we've lost contact with my Japanese geisha puppet. The strings have gone limp. What do I do? The uh, the I'll stop in and say hero hero. <laughs> 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 the uh, the Kim Jong Il. Pa- I had I had um, in in grade school a friend of mine was Japanese and he would he would run like he spoke perfect English but he would do the Japanese voice because it amused us and he would always run around <laughs> nice. saying hero all the time. Hero. So when, when Kim Jong Il started saying it, that just killed me. Stealing my bit. <laughs> The, the Kim Jong-il puppet, again, all these puppets are in scale to each other. He was really tiny. He was maybe a foot tall, which made him even harder to operate because he had such stubby little legs and such a giant head that it actually was really difficult to what operate him. What about the puppet? Him too, apparently. Very difficult to operate. Oh, the, the Michael Bay song. I miss you more than Michael Bay. Mr. The Pearl Harbor song is just, this. this is my favorite song in the movie. I just love it. You know, this is the, uh, this is the genius of, you know, Parker and Stone, whoever writes, I presume it's po- mostly Parker who writes this stuff, but, um, you know, that he's actually. Oh, look, fake Mulholland. Yeah. Wait, no, wait, what is that? That looks almost like real Mulholland. I can't <laughs> yeah. tell. Yeah. Um, and his little, and his, it, actually, there's a, there's another outtake that's in the movie coming up here where the, he's on his little RC motorcycle and he just he just wipes out and they just kept it. You know, he just the, the little RC motorcycle wiped out and uh, and they just they just used it because it was so funny that he just ate shit. But uh, the fact that the fact that you know they're able to make a love song which sounds just like any other love song except it's also about how bad. Pearl Harbor was, and yet manages to make that work as a love song is is pretty much genius. I think this is the shot. Yeah, the camera hits him and he goes down. <laughs> Whoops. But uh, you know, the idea to draw an analogy between "I miss you as much as Pearl Harbor sucked" is, I think, <laughs> satire of of a level you hardly ever see. Was that a? a- Handoff right there. There was. It was a little handoff there because some of that again was they just sort of went out in the world with a with a camera and got these shots. The ruins of Mount Rushmore. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. If only you'd been there to act. Yes, if your acting could have saved us. Which I think we've said this this little trivia point before, but um, Mount Rushmore will be the. Oh, the, the last remaining yeah. evidence of human civilization on this planet. Assuming, assuming, yeah. I saw it, that on Life After People. Yeah. I've heard of that show. Yeah, it had some mm. good effects in that I show. It's good. It had great effects. Really nice. 
No, they're some all right. really strong professional work. No, yeah. it was, you know it was overrated. Oh, all right. Well, apparently, if Michael Moore has his way, then Mount Rushmore won't be mm-hmm. still around. Because that's of, his plan. At the end of time, he mm-hmm. said it. Yeah. in one of his movies. I don't know. Yeah, it was I'm the sure. Columbine one. I what's think. Kind of thing. What do you say? Nothing. No, I'm no. That's sarcasm. So this Damn is, it! <laughs> I don't like being in the club with Brian. Now, this scene, is, <laughs> this scene is pretty extreme. I mean, some of those scenes are kind of like, what are they? Re- what are they really doing this? Yeah, they're really doing it. Now, when we're doing this, um, again, it was uh, it was Maury. It was Maury Bernstein. Who uh, Maury Bernstein is about the size of these puppets. She's a very very tiny woman. <laughs> And uh, and so whenever whenever someone has to get in the box to you know get get on the floor get, get on the, the chair box. you know it's like get Maury in here because Maury is like you know a scale model of a person. Um, she's not an actual little person. She is a she, person junior. Yeah, but she's a little person. And uh, and so she, it was this is this is like a rare moment actually. And we you know Maury was very proud of this fact, and we were all very proud of her for this fact. Um, in this scene, um, when Gary. I'll just say it. You, you can all see the movie. We're all grown-ups, or we, we should be. When Gary goes down, finally, at the end of the scene on Spotswood, um, Maury was the one who was holding... You know, it's, it's being marionetted from above, but Maury was also positioning the body from below, so it would be you know, specifically kind of hit, hit the mark it needed to hit. So Gary goes down out of frame and then comes up back up into frame. At the end, it was all being done in one continuous take from that angle. Um, and on, on one of the takes, she brought him back up into frame, and then she just grabbed his little puppet elbow and reached his little hand up into frame, and, and Gary wiped his mouth. And, and Trey, on the, Trey Parker on the monitor was like, oh, that's gross. Don't do that. <laughs> it, was actually, it was actually too much for Trey Parker. It was Parker. too much for Trey Parker. And Gary wiped his mouth after blowing <laughs> Spotswood. And so we were, we were like, Maury, you actually freaked out Trey Parker. Sweet. Wow. Sweet. How you doing over there, Michael? I'm so awesome. <laughs> Good for you. Okay. But uh, were you asking about the movie? I'm sorry. Um, How many times uh, have you seen this? I, this is probably like three. Because <laughs> I, I saw it in theaters, and then I got the, the DVD that we're watching right now. The, um, <laughs> this finger is what makes it funny. This is my serious face. Although they had that moment in the X-Files movie, too. Was it the X-Files movie or was it the show? Nobody so saw the X-Files movie, huh? right, Michael? Right? I didn't. Nobody I didn't. saw it. Nobody Not saw the second, the second one. one. Not the second one. I saw the first one. Oh, I thought you were talking about the second one. But um, no, no, no. He's, Chris uh, Carter. Yeah, it was, there, there was the joke. She was, she's like, are you worried? He's like, no, this is my worried face. And he just has this completely straight face. And that was funny. But then later on, he's stuck in a room with a bomb and Scully calls him. And he's like, you know that face? I'm making it again. <laughs> so I'm like, well done. <laughs> it's funny the first time, and you brought it back. Good work. So, I'm saying they stole a joke from the X Files. Is what this I'm saying. This is fear. X Files is a really funny show, and it's mm-hmm. this isn't fear. Down. This is anger. No, oh, it's hard to tell on a face like yours. <laughs> yeah, a face like yours hard to tell one from tether. I imagine fear if I was eyes. angry. I imagine if I was scared. My eyes my would be, eyes be wide, Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love this little, and all right, go. and go, and go, let's go. And again, it's like this is you know, you know, believe me or not, but that's this is this is what being a puppeteer is. It's like, well, all this thing can do is it closes its eyes, it's open its eyes, it moves its mouth. So you know, to get in, you know, what feels like you know this moment here, it's like how to get you know, how to read this. I moment. think the blink really made yeah, that moment. The blink too. or the fact <laughs> that you know when he just goes and go, you know, the fact that you choose then not to move is what makes the the, the performance pay mm-hmm. off. You know, so here's the here's the shot when you know. <laughs> I like how they cut to the reverse of just strings. Yeah, it's exactly just it's strings waving. It was a brilliant cut. 
You know, it's a, it's a cut that, you know, again, it's a puppet joke cut. So now, now leading right into the famous montage, which, which is a song that they've used many times. They use it on South Park. They use it on South Park, but I think it was after yeah. this. The, you know, the montage is just too, and it, I can't, I can't see a montage again without thinking of this song. Every, I, I want every montage I've ever seen. Now I want to set to this particular song. That was interesting. I never noticed that before. The so they have like the three panel comic book uh, black lines. An actor prepares nice, but then the <laughs> right. black lines just go away, and it's like one shot, one continuous shot. It is nice, isn't it? I like I like the fact that the, we all we we thought at least it was like funny. That. Yeah, we always thought it was funny. That was, that's kind of a Thomas Crown affair thing. Isn't it, it is a little bit. Is it? Shut up, Michael. The original. Now here's actually you know doing these little you know karate moves. You know, there's like real puppet fighting. You know, kind of being improvised. Like well, you maybe you do this or that. But the, we always cracked up at the weights because of course you can see the strings on the weights that the weights are just being pulled up and down. But you know, oh, he's working hard. He's working really hard. And don't a, they say he's only been working for like four yeah, hours? Yeah, it's been like it's been like a, an afternoon. This the whole <laughs> montage takes place in, in a couple of hours. Isn't there a Matrix joke coming up when they're fighting? Oh yeah, when they when they, Where they hang in space. Yeah. Time thing? yeah, absolutely. And the, and and montage was not is not an original song to this. This is the, that's the yeah, only I think unoriginal. It, I think they used the, not it. Unoriginal, but they've the used it in something else before this. The, I think they did the South Park episode after. This. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh, okay. I think okay. so. Another beautiful real crane shot. You can tell it's real because of the you know the scale of the fire there. Mm-hmm. With this little scale, you know, here's of course a tiny scale version of the stage, and then uh, when we go in closer, then now this is the full scale. That is your show. Why not a rider? Yeah, and again, shots like this is you know, there's there's off, if if they're doing simple things, then sometimes a, you know, two people, two puppets will be one person from underneath. But still, that's a lot of people underneath, packed together. Um, there's an actress, uh, a puppeteer who I've referenced in the Ghostbusters commentary. She was a devil dog named Terry Harden, who I hadn't seen Terry in about 15 years. And the last time I saw her was on a, a show where we were under a stage together in the dark, sticking our hands up through holes and manipulating puppets. And the day I was brought in the first time and they said, OK, get under there and do Liv Tyler under the floor with all the other puppeteers doing the fag headquarters. Um, someone was kind of like jabbing me in the ribs with her elbow and I'm turning around and there's this like hair in my face and then we sort of turn our face up. Terry, how are you? And I hadn't seen Terry in 15 years and these were the exact same circumstances. Like the last time I'd seen her was also while we were getting splinters and and smelling each other's armpits while doing some puppet on some show. So I was like, hey, Terry, how you been? Is there a lot of flirting that goes on underneath these stages? You you wouldn't believe what goes on under these stages. Hmm. Don't trail off. Movie magic. <laughs> Actually, that, that show that, uh, that I was referencing was a, a, a one-off uh, special called, uh, for a product that Mattel was selling at the time called Popples, which are these little <gasps> stuffed toys. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Michael just joined us. Popples. Well, we, we did, did you ever see there was a half-hour little show about Popples, about these kids who find Popples in their attic? That's fantastic. And uh, I have to find that Somewhere I've got a videotape of that, I think, an old VHS that probably won't play anymore. And uh, it was produced by... Um, um, uh, Shelley Duvall, among a, a, oh, for whatever reason, I knew Shelley, and Shelley Duvall was on the set, and uh, and so there was a scene where we were there with these two real kids, and the kids in the set was raised, and all of us puppeteers were underneath this attic Maybe floor. No popples, yeah, <laughs> what makes uh, sense? Uh, it was a, a, a Star Wars joke, um, but uh, all of us puppeteers the texture were, on that, by the way, it's a beautiful is, robe. Is, yeah, yeah, that's the that's, weight of the robe is hard to get. That is yeah. accurate texture. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Again, for the satire, kudos yeah. to the to the costume department. Um, the we're all packed together doing all the popples popples in one big. Club 
cluster um, under the floor while these two kids are up above. So it was this big group shot of these two kids with all the popples on their floor. And then there was a delay in waiting to do the shot. So we're all like just squeezed together underneath there with our arms in the air through the holes and the kids are up above and we're just getting bored. And it wasn't Maury, but it was another very small puppeteer woman. Um, she's got the tiniest popple of all that's right there with this, the young kid. And she just starts mouthing off to the kid. She's like, hey, Brandon, give me some tongue. Let's make it. And the kid, of course, is like three years old, five years old. He's like, what? <laughs> she's, she's just getting ruder and ruder and ruder with this kid. <laughs> and, we're wa- <laughs> and we're watching on monitor. And, of course, then, of course, uh, Shelly Duvall comes over and sticks her head under. She goes, that's very funny, but if you could stop doing that. Like, oh, fuck, we just got busted by Shelly Duvall. Damn it. She said it was funny. She said it was funny, but maybe not appropriate with the four-year-old boy. Oh, that's all relative. Though. I know. Like she would know. He won't remember. He won't know. Later, he'll look back on this and be happy it happened. That's what. That's the fun of babies, isn't it? Just to <laughs> yes, say exactly. fuck up things until they're five. Look at him acting. Exactly. They don't have a forebrain. They can't form those kind of complex memories. You can do anything you want. Anything. Anything. I'm just saying. Don't do that. That's what I heard. That's what. I, that's what I heard. <laughs> no, don't do anything. No, we're not advocating. Oh, that's what I heard. It's just what I heard. As long as it doesn't leave a mark, you're probably golden. If, if you I believed those, us just then, don't have babies. I have those yes, exact don't, same don't. red miniature bamboo sticks in our, our apartment. They're part of our tiki bar. That's true. Exactly. You can them at Michael's in uh, boobs, groups of like six. In boobs. <laughs> in boobs of six. <laughs> <laughs> they sell really, them in boobs that's of six? A, that's like a, a murder of crows. There's a, the, the, yeah. a boob of, how many, I don't know. How, what do bamboo <laughs> sticks come in? They come in boobs. <laughs> exactly. Enough. That's the clusters. How many, how many sticks in a boob? <laughs> How many would you like there? I, it's up to you, really. It's, 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 it's really subject to taste. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good run there. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. This oh, is like the bombs in the background. This, yeah, I know. This was a funny scene, too, and it got cut way down, but they had a whole dance routine they did where they, they actually had this great choreography for all these all the dancing girls. Like, and they do this like weird thing where they go, ning, 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 bong, and just this goofy dance. It was very fun to watch. They really dance like that. That's that's they do. It's like you know, culturally insensitive. That's right. We're right. culturally insensitively mocking North you Korea. You American, you. Yeah, that, yeah. exactly. Well, that's fair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's true. If there's any culture that that deserves probably to be deserves mocked. some mockery, I think North Korea because that's a nutty country. They're a little behind. That's a, they are a yeah. nutty country. They and are. they'll never. Yeah, it's like it's not like they'll hear us. It's like one yeah. time that I was making fun of a deaf person who was nearby. I was like, dude, sh-. I'm like, they didn't hear yeah. me. Like, <laughs> North Korea is never going to listen to Down in Front. I got that do, once. No. I got that once when I was Kablaa. about two or three times a minute. Someone says, "Dude, I like your hair," and I have one of like four prepared things that I'll ever say. One of them is like, "Hey, man, you should try it," or "Yeah, you should go blue." Or you know, I got like nine things that I can just. Say. Hmm. And this one particular I like how time, it's increasing by the second. I, I got like a 20 things. I, yeah. I got a boob of things I that I can say. <laughs> I got, I got, I got so two I got boobs. Burger King ones. At least two I boobs hear, of things. I hear this little kid say, hey, I like your hair. And I say, hey, man, you should try it. And I turn around, it's a kid uh, who's clearly in the middle of chemotherapy. Ooh. Oh. You should, though. They have these. <laughs> they have these wigs at party stores. That's like recovered. <laughs> I think was, I made a Jurassic. Oh, I love the Jadine Garofalo death is fantastic. So this that's is very, that's a very 
Verhoeven type. Exactly. As, yeah. Now, as a puppeteer, you know, again, it's something that maybe only we really got the most out of this. But as a puppeteer, having Cock done, back. you know, 30 years of children's parties, it's like, this is a very cathartic sequence to get to be part of. To get to like, yeah, let's, real, let's do puppets that are just doing gore and violence and, you know, blowing each other bits. This scene among all the, again, I'm not, I'm not puppeteering in this scene, but this scene cracked me up more than anything else. The, this idea of, let's you know, release the leopards is, is just a brilliant. Panthers. Panthers, Panthers but yeah. pardon me, but the, here come the Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> it's just brilliant. I love it. It's beautiful, and it works. It works, and it's you know they do seem like really un, like they, ominous. It makes cats. them look very wow. Those are big, aren't they? It's like no, no, don't. She's acting. Like, yeah, this is a great you know a great little action montage of uh, you know it's it's the it's the uh, paying off of the premise. Then okay, what if you had to fight the entire Screen Actors Guild or Film <laughs> Actors Guild? What weapons would they use against you? Like Susan Sarandon would try and make you. Your skills are fading with the Asian <laughs> It's so mean. It's so mean. And then she loses it. Her death is the way she splats. When she does this splat, it's just horrible. Oh! <laughs> She's a water balloon? Yeah, She's like a water balloon, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. And again, they're, they're hitting all the story beats here. It's like right here, now these guys are going to bond because this guy's going to tell this completely inappropriate story you know, that they don't really have time for, but he's going to tell it anyway. But he's going to finally confess why he hates actors. One of my friends, for some reason, found it incredibly funny that they actually used the names of the of the cat's characters. Oh, like Mr. that they got Mr. specific. Mistopheles, McCavity. Mr. Mistopheles, yeah. McCavity. He found that incredibly funny that they actually <laughs> that they actually went out of their way to find out what the names. They, they, were. they named like every cat in the yeah. show practically. <laughs> it's like it's again. It's just it's like. For someone who makes a lot of fag jokes, it's like, gee, Trey Parker, you know a lot about musicals. Yeah. You seem to know musicals backward and forward. What's that about? This is why I don't completely buy the uh, apocryphal quote where he, they got a letter from Stephen Sondheim saying, hey, way to go. South Park, the movie, was the best musical that came out this year. And they were like, who? I, I don't. Yeah, I don't I, think. It's, it's that doesn't story. sound right. It definitely underlines your, your attitude and the persona. But there's no way Trey Parker doesn't know who Stephen Sondheim yeah, is. Yeah, I just can't. Yeah, that seems wrong. I mean, yeah, that, when they were working with um, uh, Eric Idle you know, on the South Park movie, they were Eric Idle. Uh, he was he was the doctor who who put the V chip in. Um, oh, you're right. In, in that would have been Eric Idle. But um, they they in in interviews and stuff they referred to him as Monty Python, as if they didn't know what his real name was. <laughs> so so I think yeah. that's just part of their stick. It's just their thing. What do you want from a guy who showed up at the Oscars in J Lo's dress? Yeah. Again, another fun scene to shoot. It's like, okay, how do we get cats to eat, <laughs> eat puppets and lunge at puppets? And, you know, it's just like, hey, wow. Mm, tasty. <laughs> oh. this, is, this is what I call fun. This is, this is, oy, <laughs> I love it. That's, that's a moment you've been shooting the cat for like, you know, 20 minutes. And exactly. then it finally tears the thing yeah. off. There's the scene yes. we've been waiting for. <laughs> so... <laughs> Tim Robbins and Martin Sheen and, and Helen Hunt. We're guards. We're guards. And Matt David. It's just, it's just brilliant. It's just fun stuff. I think, I think Helen Hunt looks pretty badass when she kicks you in the head. She looks like Jodie Foster in this. She does have kind of a Jodie Foster. Could have gone with Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster mostly keeps to herself, though. She does. She's not very political. She's, she's Helen political. Hunt only talks uh, when she's talking politically. She hasn't had many acting roles since, oh, Twister? 
Helen Hunt only talks when she talks politically. She, just, she otherwise she just you powers down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Helen <laughs> Helen Hunt has gone from being the most paid talker to the not paid talker at all. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you win an Oscar, you have a couple of hit TV series, you can kind of retire if you want to. And apparently, she chose to. So good for her. Yeah, fair enough. So this was always a fun scene issue. And again, it's it's. Um, you know, it's it's when someone is really on and performing a puppet well, you know, they actually can hold your attention, which is a bit of an art, you know. And the, we did multiple takes of the Eric Baldwin speech. Now, obviously, the people that are manipulating the faces, are they seeing, like, they're, they're not, like, patched into Video Village, are they? Can they no, see we were the just, face I, when they're in, doing it? In this? fact, there's a scene coming up where Gary, when Gary does the, when he rehashes the dicks, pussies, and assholes yeah. analogy, um, for a cup, for one of his close-ups, I was, I was, it was the one time I did RC in the whole movie, is I'm, I'm doing the RC on his face, I'm doing his facial expressions. And you're just standing right there, you're just, you know, you're just off camera. But it's actually, it's actually, in my case, and most of the times, it's better to be, at a monitor because the monitor you're you're closer than you would be if you stood as close as you could physically stand because the camera zoomed all the way in so you've it's like got going this to a Paul McCartney up. concert yeah so um, so you we and then the burning I oh, did the, not understand that and I don't think Brian did either no I didn't We're all right. the burning uh, but, the but burning uh, Tim Robbins look like huh that was awesome wasn't it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, anyway see, that was a nice little kick there it was a nice little Helen Hunt kick then so. Um, so, so you, you know, you, you're looking. It's a big fat close up. So the best way to see it is to be at the monitor because you're looking there's at the, the best. The, there's your metrics joke. Um, the you know having a big uh, having a big fat close up so you can really see the detail because when when you're looking at a close up you want to you want to be subtle about what you're doing because that's what's going to be filmed. So, so actually in Gary's in Gary's here we go look out ooh nasty um, in uh, stop trying to hit me and hit me. In uh, in Gary's speech, I was doing his head. Oh. I was doing his his facial expressions at one point. Oh, sorry, Matt Damon. And then Tim Robbins, burning on fire, burning to death again. You know, like a burning puppet is you know tricky because you know how do you keep the strings from melting right away? And you're underneath the fire that's happening right under you and trying to manipulate it. Was that a real hand? Could have been, could could well have been, which was which is again is a, a Thunderbirds thing is for for hand close ups on the original Thunderbirds because you, t- you couldn't get a puppet hand to articulate doing something really specific they would go, actually use a real person's hand for close ups, so it's quite possible they did it there. <coughs> we should all drive hybrid, hybrid cars. cars. Go for full electric. <laughs> yeah. Yes, men. please. Just just yeah. Just well, he, even he's not that evil. Exactly. Come on. Alec Baldwin does, though, in fact, drive a silver Prius. Nice. Very unassuming car. Oh. Good for him. I'm assuming some things right now. Yeah, you're assuming way too much, <laughs> goddammit. So, yeah, so Chris has the speech, and then Gary's going to you know, do his speech here. And, and I, there was the one time they said, yeah, you do some of this. And so they just handed me the RC controller. I'd never really done the facial expressions before. And, and I was like, okay, all right. So obviously people get shuffled around, but how... How does it work casting wise? Does, well, the, does any the, one person get cast to the major roles? It's there were there were four or five people who were essentially the lead puppeteers. They were the they were the ones who were like they're the they're the key puppeteers. So whatever is featured, they're gonna get assigned those first. Um, so it, it's if 
someone generally might tend to be Gary more often or Chris more often or whatever, but it wasn't a rule that anyone had to particularly only play a particular character. Um, so it's like whoever's, you know, it's like whatever the shot was, it's like, okay, Scott, get in there, Bruce, get in there, you know, and, and all the, you know, the, the regulars. And then the more, the more characters there were, the, you know, the, they go farther down the, the list. Down the bench you get. Yeah, exactly. And, and so on. Except for in a, in a rare case when, you know, like, like me, my lady in the window bit, they were like, well, you do it. Cause it's not like a big featured thing. It's just like, yeah, you do it. Um, so it was, it, I just, as I recall this, this day was, it was toward the end of the shoot and maybe I think we were just missing some people or some people left early that day. There was an event and they were just like, uh, okay, you, you do his face this time. So I'm like, all right, great. <laughs> you know, there were the people who also weren't, didn't, weren't very skilled as marionettes, but they were very good with RC or they were the guys who built the RC faces. So they would often be the RC control guys. Um, I've never done that much RC really. In a situation where there's a bunch of people in stands, which seems to be a recurring shot in this movie. Yeah. I'm assuming underneath it's built up, and you just have like post-it notes that say this: "These sticks are Liv Tyler." Well, you know, you know, because you walked in there with her, or someone handed her down to you. You know, you so, know she, so, is. so it's not that she's on top and you're separated by a board. You're just popping her up over the lip just enough so the camera. Yeah, it's it's rigging shots like that were were quite complicated, and and we would. We would often like my clapping the day we my big clapping rig made its debut. You know, I got I was lucky because I didn't have to get under the under the bleachers with everybody because I was supervising the clapping rigs. So we would you know we would hand a puppet to someone and you know and fit it in and they'd kind of squeeze in and then, and then there's an art to arranging all the monitors underneath so everyone can see what the hell's going on. So um, you know now you put a monitor in there but then you pack seven more people in front and now the guy in the back can't see the monitor anymore. So so it was quite an art to kind of gradually build these giant group shots. And, and you know, you, you quickly learn when you're doing. If your if your job is a puppeteer, you quickly learn to um, knee pads become part of your your uh, set kit because you, you're going to be kneeling for hours or crouching for hours in some uncomfortable position. That and uh, White House interns. Exactly. <clears throat> White House interns. So, so it's, it's it's this shot or one of these shots is that you know I get to I'm manipulating Gary's eyebrows and his eyes for what it's worth. And so you have to. The, the trick is you want to. You know, may not be this shot, maybe one of the similar ones, but. You know, you, you don't want to do much. I mean, the, the, the sign of bad puppetry is when you do way too much, way too often. And the puppet just kind of sits there and flails and vibrates and there's no performance to it. So, so when you're going in for big puppet close-up, half the time it's like, don't do anything. <laughs> You've got all these controls. Don't touch any of them. It really is one big demonstration of the Kuleshov effect when you, when you think about it. It is, exactly. It's that idea yeah. of you show a shot of a guy and then you cut a shot of whatever next to it. And if it's a bowl yeah. of fruit, he'll be hungry. If it's a, if it's a woman, he'll be in love. Yeah. If it's something else, you know. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. Three times he can't. He can't. Got to milk that. Um, yeah. Exactly. And and so the the art again the art of puppetry is is you know you're not giving a human performance. You have to you have to find a way where you you simulate what people can real can recognize and interpret as a human performance out of a thing that's very not human. And and there's uh, you know, there's quite an art to that, and, and not not everyone can do <laughs> I it. I love the look on his face. What's going on? And then and then why to, would they seat him there? You know, to actually to actually work with a with an actual giant hissing cockroach coming up is also you know. So we've had we've had sharks, cats, and giant hissing cockroaches in this movie as far as real animals. They almost did the Galaxy Quest joke. Just they then. almost did. <laughs> They probably did. They probably set it up that way, and then somebody was like, "Told oh. them, uh, guys, this was in this other movie." Oh, so they had to cut. Oh, okay, it. <laughs> you had me at dicks, fuck assholes. Now, see, there's, there's, there's some dialogue you need to have. 
You in the audience. Yeah. How'd they do that? Why didn't they just patch in in the first place? Yeah. Now again, you know, they 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 followed the they've you know this is this is Bruckheimer movie plotting one hundred and one. This is the quintessential Bruckheimer movie. You know, it's uh, and is is GI Joe a Bruckheimer movie? I mean, mm, I don't think I don't so. It ought to be if it's not. But uh, you know, this this might mo- as well be. This movie is you know it could just have well have been a Bruckheimer movie. Yeah, put yeah. real people in it. And, uh, and it's a Bruckheimer movie. Yeah, you know, it's exactly every Bruckheimer <laughs> movie book ever, ever made. <laughs> and then, of course, with this speech about how how dedicated this man is. He's so dedicated. He sucked my cock. And now the whole world knows how dedicated he is. That's Parker and Stone. So here comes the cockroach. And that's no puppet. That's a real cockroach. So that's, that's got to be in the back. Yeah, you're just, you're just like shoving him out. You know, there's a little rig where you're just forcing it out the mouth. Oh, that's gross. That thing is huge. That's like a cat. That's big. That's a big damn cockroach. It's like a three and a half inch long cockroach. This whole thing where you get the timing of you training a roach to run up a ramp and then you have to, you know. How do you train a roach? Because you tell that's where the food is. Oh, I guess that makes sense. Any other animal? Another another Star Trek reference there. (laughs) How so? It's uh, season two of Next Generation, an episode called Conspiracy. (laughs) <laughs> where the crew of the Enterprise discovers that Starfleet Command has been taken over by bugs. Oh, the, oh with the giant... Yeah, 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 right, 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 of course, yeah. Okay, define... I'm actually, for what it's worth, I'm in the reverse here, I'm, I'm Lisa on the left-hand side. There you go. This shot here, we're looking backward. That's me on the left doing Lisa. Yeah, fuck Whoop. yeah. Please frame, of course. That's my big moment. Thank you so much. Anyway, so, yeah, that's true. I guess... I don't, I don't know if it was consciously a... Uh, a uh, a Star Trek reference, but it ought to well have directed. been. Good job. It ought to have been. Thank you, thank you. So many people. I've seen people online, who, of course, who think, yeah, Pink Stokes guy, Pink Five, yeah, made by the South Park guys. It's great because <laughs> you know there just aren't that many people named named Stokes in the world, named Trey in the world. Brian, yes, Team America, fuck yeah. How do you feel? Fuck yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you feel like it's? I mean, do you, can you imagine a way they could have handled anything better? I don't know how to answer that. I mean, I don't know how you would. <laughs> it's hard to think. Yeah. I, in the paradigm what other of way would they they timer parodies. Greg Williams, of, hey. It's like, it's like yeah. what we were talking about with um, Fight Club and Seven and some other movies. Every, everything it sets up, it pays off. Every promise it makes to you, it, it fulfills that promise. Yeah. Like, yeah. weirdly. They kind of yeah, come yeah. out of nowhere, some yeah. of these promises. Substantially but yeah. different yeah. promises than a movie like <laughs> Fight Club, but still the same basic yeah. principle. And that what it, what it sets up in the beginning, it pays off. And it pays off everything it sets up. Dorkman? Uh, yeah. I'll give it a I'll give it a fuck yeah. So there you go. So, so real know. quickly it's like so so Scott oh. and Tony and Greg and Greg I just saw two nights ago at uh, at, a, at a party. Oh, um you got to yeah, be I'm there. in there I'm in there somewhere. Right so, right yeah, there we go. Woo, dig me. Yahoo. Um that uh, you know those guys would always be the first 3 in on a shot and then anybody else uh-huh. then you'd start to fill it in. So anyway, so carry on. No. So, I, I couldn't remember who the three leads were. I knew they were three specific guys. I knew Greg was one of them, but go ahead. I mean, can you imagine, like can you imagine anything they could have done differently or better or, or any way they could have really fucked this up, I guess? I guess there's a lot of ways they probably could have fucked it up. Is, you know, if they'd, the, the smart thing, like, like, and as we talked about again, the thing that they, goes the thing they avoided that a lot, of, a lot of spoofs fall into is they're not making specific references to other things. You know, they're not they're not like, oh, here's Shrek and here's blah, blah, blah. That's true. They're very, they're very rarely. You go, oh, they're doing us that thing from yeah. such and such. They're, it's- yeah. And, and occasionally they'll do maybe a scene where it's cl- right. where they're clearly referencing a scene from something. Right. But for the and then they'll play the entire scene like straight faced. But but weirdly, not the way Family Guy does, where they literally do the scene straight through. And it's like the joke is 
it's not altered at all, you know. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I think uh, it's there. There, there are ways that they can do it badly, and you see that in in a lot of these spoof movies and stuff. But I think that they they succeeded in in making a very very funny movie that even. You know, even now, several years later, when we're out of the political climate that this was created in, it's still funny. Like, you, you still kind of get it. I mean, we're not completely out of it, <laughs> well, <laughs> but, but we are removed we, we, from we it. We do have we're some not, hindsight. Yeah. We're not as far out as we thought we were, yeah. the way people are acting nowadays. Yeah. For my part, I, this movie, I, I, there's a lot of really funny stuff in it. I love the idea of it, but it's, it's just not one of those movies that I particularly care for. Um, they, they were smart to avoid referencing the president. Like, you never Absolutely. really see anything yeah. about Absolutely. the government. Or, or any politicians. Yeah, you never see any, yeah. po- any politicians in this movie. That's it's, a good point. All, uh, they they could have... Well, King jong well, he's not well, a politician. American he's just politics. a crazy. Yeah, yeah well, that's a good he's point. He's just a crazy person. So yeah. being crazy disqualifies you from being a politician? God, I he's wish. not a politician. Yeah, he wasn't elected. He didn't have to run for office. He was appointed by his dad. Yeah, he was, he also was, he a, was born as yeah. a god, yeah. you see. He, he's, a, he's a monarch. Well, that's a good point in the sense that they avoided, which would have been very easy to do or a very easy trap to fall into, of tying it specifically to Bush and the Bush administration. Right, right. Yeah. And there isn't actually any of that in there. It's yeah. just the, the mindset that the Bush administration embodied more yeah. than any other in history. But, but I'm sure we'll yeah. see it again. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. still do. I continue to be a huge, like a major retarded fan of Trey Parker and think he's a genius, but this isn't one of my favorites of his. And Trey... Well, I, you know, of course, my, my opinion of the movie is tainted by the fact that I go, oh, get to be in on that one. That's kind of awesome. I, um, I think in general, you know, if I, if I separate myself as best I can, I, I think... South Park, the movie, is a better satire and probably has more laughs per minute. But, of course, I, you know, I can't help. I have to exempt myself from any real criticism because I, I, I can't help but be a fan of this movie. Um, and and I, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm a fan of it for, for reasons that uh, you know, no one else would give a damn about. But I'm, just, uh, I'm, just, I'm, so th- I'm happy they did it and uh, I'm happy that this movie exists. And uh, I... I you know, it's 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 interesting. You know, it's it's one of those great uh, you know uh, educational things to go. Wow, this is about the the best you know marionette movie they could have ever possibly made. And your first reaction is, so you you sucked intentionally. That was the goal here, and and you know, it's like I haven't seen it very many times. I was speaking from memory, and I might have been wrong. <laughs> so, well, it's 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 something that's uh, you know, hey, Julian Ledger, rock on. Um, just to see it. There's a lot of names in here. I know I won't bore you with with There's yelling all of them out. The another team. yet another tray. It's like that's funny. I don't even know who that is. We're about um, to get. Yeah, there we go. We're, we get Kim Jong Il's song, by the way, right? Which here. is which was which was not ever part of the movie. It was something they literally made up in post that uh-huh. uh, occurred to. Uh, it's it's one of the funniest songs in the whole. <laughs> you are worthless, Eric Baldwin. Um, which which people after blowing uh, Alec Baldwin's head off exactly which people which people will uh, will always reference anytime Alec Baldwin does anything in the news at all someone mm-hmm. will try it out your worthless Alec Baldwin um, it's you know it, there's a I, I can't help but I've experienced it my whole career you know there's a there's a predisposition against marionettes in modern American society that there's something just kind of dopey about marionettes and maybe there is but you know in other countries it's an art form is motherfuckers it, well is it that we're yeah. do you think that it's that we're used to the Muppets and we're used to not seeing the strings even it's, though you see the 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 um yeah exactly. whatever that's the rods, the rods, rods yes it's it's there's a i think there's an extra removal from reality in terms it's, of it's even farther in the uncanny valley it's just like it's, yeah it's a frog yeah, with two ping pong ball eyes yeah, yeah. yeah marionettes are you know marionettes are sort of inherently 
because of how they have to work because of the way they work is you know they're they're inherently trying harder? a step removed from you know from uh, there, there's something surreal about them and something stylized about the way they move and you have to kind of buy into that stylization like if you go to Japan and I went to you know I went to Japan and I enjoyed you know I was like I finally get to see you know classic Japanese bunraku puppetry uh-huh. which is like you know supposedly the best puppetry in the world and I watched I went to a show and it was one of their national treasures and see Japan puppeteers are national treasures if they've <laughs> been doing it long enough here you get to do better birthday parties it's just the way it is here but uh, I watched a bunraku show one of the classic performances with one of their greatest puppeteer artists that they have is a national treasure. And I was like, wow, this guy sucks. <laughs> and, and what I realized was that's a stylized art form. Right. The way a puppet moves in Japanese traditional bunraku puppetry is, you know, it's a style. Just mm-hmm. like opera is a style, like ballet is a style. People don't actually move like you do in ballet. Right. Ballet is a style. It's this version of reality that we have that has its own rules. Um, Much like Tim America's a version of reality? Just like marionettes are like, you know, marionettes, if you, can, if you can get past the point, like, it's got strings, which seems to be this weird point that some people just can't get over, that the, I can see strings. Um, that there's a, you know, there is an art there and there's a stylization there. And if you just kind of go... Take out whatever it is in your brain that told you when you were six that marionettes aren't cool. If you if you can, and you know if you don't, then move on. But um, you know there there can be great artistry in, in that sort of stuff. I think. And what else would I say? But uh, you know, for example, you get uh, being John Malkovich. You know, yeah, has, Malkovich exactly has marionette work, and you can do that kind of marionette work if you can you know spend all day getting a take of a, of, well, a, of one and, of one and, dance and move that you've rehearsed for, for five record, years. That's what I had in mind when I was saying this seems kind of choppy and because that the style of what he's doing is like has like a very simple not even anthropomorphized really armature on strings. It's not even like a face where you're trying to recognize him as a person. It's just here's a figure like a silhouette puppet and he's doing basically ballet and it's very flowy and stuff like that. Yeah. And then at that particular moment I think I was seeing uh, Gary on screen on rent standing there looking left and right. Anyway, exactly. And that's that's the only thing. Whatever, I'm just saying. Yeah. Okay. And, and you know, when you have when you have that, those scenes were done by a guy who's who's been you know refining that that performance for for a long time, and uh, you know here we have Trey Parker going run across the room. So you know you get what you can get. So you have to fall back on you know 20 years of experience and not you know 20 years of rehearsal of a specific move. Um, like I said, again, I don't care for opera, but there are people who respect opera and ballet and all those other things. So, so this, to me, as a person who would say such a thing, you know, this is about the finest motion picture example of the marionette art um, that you're going to see from an American studio, certainly. Maybe a European or Asian studio will make something that's even uh, more German. artistically <laughs> superior. Did you guys ever see, um, um, did you ever see Strings? Yeah, exactly. The that's what I'm thinking strings? about yeah. is, you know, this, this Strings, I think, is very ambitious. I, don't, I haven't seen the film. I don't mm. know, you know how it is. But, um, it, it didn't. It didn't follow through on its its possibilities, yeah. but, but it was it was a clever idea. But you know, here we're fighting. You know, and, and I think Parker and Stone were using the fact that in America, puppet, puppetry is dumb, and uh, you know, it's considered dumb as opposed to every other country in the world has a national puppet theater, and it's considered a legitimate art form. I don't think it's I, dumb. I picked. Well, yeah, you just you do. You do. You do. I'm the black guy in the room going. You don't realize how racist you are, but I can see it. Um, you the, are. Okay. Exactly. You just, you just offered me fried chicken. And I'm, okay. Yeah, and I'm sorry. I know you, it was polite. No, I will not eat a watermelon for you, but thanks for asking. <laughs> but the um, oh, but this is but this is 
But this is this is this is just a, culturally, for whatever reason, Amer- you know, America is not big on puppetry generally. You know, and uh, and I don't know if I've told the story before, but you know, the Disney Channel used to make all these puppet television shows. They had Bear in the Big Blue House. They had all these different shows, um, and they, you know, a lot of puppeteer friends of mine out of New York were were gainfully employed for years making these shows. And then one year, about just about three four years ago, Disney canceled all their puppet television shows, um, but they didn't stop airing them. They still run them. But the reason they canceled them was because they did their little demographic study and they go, you know what? Kids at the age of two, when they start watching television, puppets are awesome. By the time they're six, puppets are dopey and they hate them. We've got four seasons of each. Dopey, not dopey. Dope. Yeah, they're not dopey. We've, we've got four. That's, the kids think that's cool, a cool word now. Yeah, exactly. Dope. Dope dopey. dopey. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I said dopey. You know, kids think pup, by the time, by the time they're six, kids are trained to think that puppets are stupid. So, you know, our society tells them that. So, so that's why they don't have to make Bear in the Big Blue House anymore because they've got four seasons of it. So they run it for four seasons, and by the time they get to four seasons, the audience has quit watching puppets, and they can start the seasons again with the next with the next generation that's going to watch it. So, so I'm you know I'm trying to defend At least Sesame Street still going. You know, I'm trying to defend you know soccer in in a country that only likes football. Um, I think puppetry is an art form, and I think Amer- Team America is one of the greatest examples of a. Hollywood studio doing it, um, even if it's a spoof. I don't think it would work as a serious movie, though. I mean, someone doing a serious marionette movie, start to finish, even I'd find that kind of ludicrous. That's more of a stunt to just go, no, we can fucking do it. It'd be fun. I'd, I'd make that movie. I'd be part of it. But I'm glad they didn't do like that. Like I say, Strings, you should check it out. Yeah. It, it's interesting. Strings is serious, isn't it? Yeah, Strings yeah. is a straightforward I, it, I, fantasy. I would say, and I want to defend myself here, I would say that this looks pretty fucking retarded. I'll tell you straight <laughs> up. This looks dumb. I don't okay. think marionettes with these faces work. However, this isn't what I have in my brain as puppetry because you never see marionettes, parentheses, probably because they look retarded, in parentheses. I would say anything with your hands and rod, Muppets straight off the bat, fucking Little Shop of Horrors, all that stuff, I'm a huge slobbering fag for. But this just doesn't work for me. And, and for the same reason you said it wouldn't work in a serious movie, I don't... I get, but they're treating it as a joke anyway. It's like the filmmakers are using this because they think it's stupid. That's the point of Team America. That's I why they did it. I don't know that I that's think true. I, I, I think I, that's the point. They're like, they, they were like, you know what we should do? We should do fucking Armageddon with puppets. Yeah, puppets. That'd be funny. Yeah, that's that, cool. that, that is that, the joke. Part of it, not because yeah. it's stupid, because it's it's it, no, it's, it's less it's well, no, because it's less serious. It because it then it's. You know, it, it, it makes it's obviously it, it makes the subject matter seem ridiculous. Right, right. If you if you put these lines and these actions into the mouths, of, right. Of if you if you do it, if you put it in puppets, and you're like, wow, this actually this is exactly what they were saying, but suddenly it's ridiculous <laughs> it suddenly, it when weird. I'm removed from the fact that I'm looking at real people. Yeah, but it's again, it's it's, mm. and at the same time, it's not entirely ridiculous yeah. coming from puppets, and that makes it more ridiculous. But recently, you and I were, you know, we were on the same team in terms of Watchmen, where we talked about well, comics are kind of stupid, and there was a person in the room who said, well, comics are a style, and if you don't care for the style, then of course there you go. Um, it's the same example here, except we're on opposite sides of the fence. You know, that's a style, just like ballet is a style. I mean. When do you see people jeteing down the street? They don't. Ballet only exists on the stage of a ballet. Well, you go, well, that's kind of stupid and crazy but, and unreal. But that's, but, the, that's the case with any, any kind of art form or expression. I mean, well, that's my point. Even, even a realist, and that's my, well, that's my point. You know, more theatrical. That's why, you know, and, and I just... not real life, it's theatrical. I'm, sh- you know, I'm sure that, you know, yes, I, mean, you know, I have a lifetime of, of, you know, being forced to the back of the bus by you people, um, <laughs> you know, to eat my fried chicken. It's hey, like, Trey, Trey, I vote yeah, Democrat. That's right. right. I, I voted Obama? for Obama. I'm, I'm telling Woo! you that there's a group of us. That there's a, <laughs> he there's, campaigned for Obama. There's my kind, the puppeteer kind, there's magicians and mimes, and we know... 
I'm a magician and animal. Yeah, exactly. So. No, it's it's not puppets. It's marionettes. And and I totally buy the style argument. It's just a style that I don't care for. Well, there but, you go. So. But it's not puppets in general. It's just marionettes, and particularly this movie. But that's more about the script in this case. Although the marionettes doesn't help me, obviously, and I won't say it does. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't help enhance the experience help, for you yeah. to have marionettes. I, I totally understand. Like I said, I, I worked at a marionette theater for you know five years, and you know you, you can tell when a kid is like, I'm a year too old to be here. I don't feel cool being here anymore. Mm-hmm. I've been told this is I, numb. I've done, I've done birthday parties, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you blow, you fold fucking balloons and I you're dissing marionettes. I'm, I'm just saying, okay. Like, it's, I'm starting to feel a little uncomfortable. <laughs> no, that's why I feel like that's, I, you know, that's why I'm totally just, comfortable just in saying like, I think this looks dumb. because of one, man's, one man's geesh is another I've geek is another max, man's cool. I've there you go. Fairs. I did magic at, at birthday parties. I went to clown college. Exactly. So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm but, ostracized. But marionettes are silly. But marionettes are fucking stupid. There you go. It's a I'd love to be a puppeteer. That's all. I've never had a chance, but I'd love to do some puppeteer work as well, actually. So there. It's, well, really, it's really no different than acting. We'll it's, it's, I, it's, I don't see any <laughs> difference between good puppetry and acting. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it's it's, yeah, it's it, it, admittedly it's harder with a marionette. I mean, har- marionettes have that weird removal, you know, and that difficulty to control. You know, it's like we've intentionally made I, it harder I, to get a performance so out of a marionette. That it's the marionettes. The more I look, at, we're watching the DVD menu on loop. I think it's just an uncanny valley thing where Muppets and Little Shop of Horrors. They're not trying to be people. They're not trying. They're not trying to tell my brain that they're moving like people, and that makes it easier for me to make a leap to. Just suspending my well. That's certainly that's certainly specific to this movie where these are very humanoid marionettes. I mean, marionettes can yeah, well, be just as fantastic part, as the Muppets are. So. That's it is this of, weird section between animation and live action because it's not really either, and it's this <laughs> weird no man's land in between each. Yeah, and that and that could have something to do with it. You know, it's like maybe maybe there's a, a closer connection between. You know, Polar Express in this movie than I realized at the time is uh, you know it's like these are real but they still have that well oh, it's like humans but they're little homunculi and they freak me out you know and, and you can certainly I can see how that could be the case. However, mm-hmm. the part on the, I took that of, as part of the joke. The That's DVD, the DVD yeah. menu that keeps looping real quick. There's that one shot of when she flips her hair. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, yeah we and that's, and that's, over that and, and I was that's very that, impressed. And that, that shows that. you that that's 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 you can't do that with a marionette. You, but that's why you know it's a rod puppet. That's one of the rod rigs from below where you can actually have a rod that's directly connected to the neck and twist and flip the head, and you can get a move like that. Well, tell Rod he did great. Rod was good. Rod was Rod was he wasn't one of the leads, but he was a good puppet. Anyway, until next time, this has been down in front. You can find more episodes at downinfront.net. You can find our iTunes link. Go on, subscribe. Listen to over 20 now of these Down in Front podcasts. It's nearly a boob. Nearly, nearly a boob podcast. We have a boob and a half of podcasts. You can a, download for It's listen a pentaboob, I think. It's you can find us on Twitter. Go to the RSS page. Get brand new Down in Front every single week. And until next time, my name is Teague Christie. And I'm Brian Fittipier. Mike Scott. And Kermit the Frog. And this has been Ooh. Down in Front. Thank Hi, you very everyone. much for listening. Good night. Good night. I like that echo trail off. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> I, I, I. Friendsinyourhead.com